it for two years today. Two whole years. Officially. Yeah. It's exciting. That's crazy. Going into a third year is pretty exciting. That's yeah, cool. It is. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what there, more there is to accomplish, though. Really, I mean, we should just quit while we're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we got listeners in you Brazil. Want to? No. No, I enjoy this. I enjoy uh, meeting with you guys most Tuesdays. Uh, our fun guests that we get to interview, like Josh the Herbalist today. Um, uh, we talk about some crazy shit sometimes. Um, talk Mostly, about we just today. decide that he needs to be renamed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love doing the show. It's great. It's great. I hear, pray tell, we'll have a cake next week. I'm holding my breath. We'll see. Cakes of the cup. We will have a, uh, <laughs> a, a newly minted adult in this household, uh, and I believe Jeremy will have one in his household the following week, right? That's right. Graduation. Is that, a, that that doesn't make you an adult. That just means you, you, you didn't drop out of high school. <laughs> Depends it's like on the it's what? like the card that I found in in the shop that says, "Congratulations, you completed what was expected of you." Yeah, and that's what I'm giving her. I'm giving her that card. <laughs> that is her graduation card. <laughs> I hope she keeps it forever. Well, did you did you did you guys hear the story uh, surrounding that? Did we ever talk about that? Briefly. Briefly. Where yeah. she said that we had to do certain things. Yeah, I think we talked about it yeah, on I the think podcast. We well, anyway, um, so yeah, uh, summer's in full swing. Um, no, it's not. It's close. It's been raining a lot no, the last few not. weeks. Um, it's been nice. I like rain. It could rain all summer and I would be happy. It's not going to. Good for the garden. Yes, it is. I still haven't turned my water on yet. I have a secondary, so I, I've, I'm just using a secondary, but I just on you. the garden. I hate you. <laughs> like every time you mention that, I hate you so much because <laughs> I refuse to pay for water, and I think it's a waste of water. Like it's a waste of drinking water. Secondary water, yeah, whatever. It wasn't going to be used anyway. I don't think. I don't really care. That's all. So that, that's its sole purpose is for farming. It's farming. And, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. All your farmlands going away there. Oh, so. There's not much left. Riverton and South Jordan. I don't know. Are you technically Riverton or Riverton? The only thing I'm, I'm hoping, maybe this is selfish, but I don't care. I'm hoping all the new houses go in and don't get secondary because they just can't support that much. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either. It's they not probably like those new houses have any land to them. They're like yeah. little postage stamps. Yeah, I can't imagine they'd give them secondary. I think the I reason still, you guys got it is you had literally a farm behind your house. Yeah. I still want to zero escape the front yard, I think. Not the backyard, because we have dogs. and I just want to put an AstroTurf. That's what my parents are going to do when their house is to that point. You can zero skip it like your neighbors and just park an RV in the lawn. Fuck. AstroTurf is so like advanced now, though, that you can't really tell that it's not grass until you're like on top of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm until totally Until you fall on it. and get MRSA. <laughs> I remember the AstroTurf. Of Did you say get MRSA? 20 years ago. Get a fucking bacterial infection from falling on AstroTurf? Yeah. That happens to people in, in athletics. And they get staph infection and it's disgusting. It's true. This is really gross. <laughs> this is gross. Um, anyway, so uh, Farmer's Market's going to open soon. Yeah, June 2nd. On the 9th. 9th. I thought it was the 2nd. No, it's the 9th. So soon. It's saying the 2nd, but it's not. Whatever. Um, Liberty Park starts. I think on the second. The drum circle was that. In no, they season? actually started a. They started a farmers market, a small farmers market oh, there did? on Friday nights. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, the drum circle next to the heroin circle. 
No, no. The heroin needles are just all over the place. The drum circle, however... People just get shot over there. Look, the people in the drum circle don't do heroin. They're all fucked up on mushrooms and LSD. So there's no need for heroin. Yeah. I mean, they... they, they in fact, they may be permanently fucked up, some of them. Like, just acid flashbacks all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what other events do we have, Jess? Oh... Oh, crap. I'm just getting into it. Like a week out. So, just hitting uh, hard. Yeah. So, the twi- this week is actually super fun. I was like, oh, there's not a lot of events. There's a lot of gaming events. If you want to go, like, play any kind of card game or no, RPG, at a, <laughs> there's tons of I those. I love doing that. I know you do. Um, but I did find some events. So, Folk Hogan on the 25th is going to be up in Ogden again at uh, the Funk and Dive Bar at 9 o'clock. So if you're up north, definitely catch that show. Funk and Dive. Yeah. Fucking Dive. (laughs) Also on the 25th at the Natural History Museum, they are going to have an entomologist talk about the biology and ecology of fireflies in Utah. Did you guys know we have fireflies? fireflies? We do. They are few and far between, but they are here. I remember them as a kid, but then I don't remember seeing them growing up until I moved to New Jersey, but... I don't believe they exist here. Well, then you should go to this class on the 25th. I remember as a kid, they were It's a free class, so... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a firefly. They're amazing. Put them in jars. Yep. Nice kid. So on the 27th, you guys, it's happening. It's happening at Olio... Sugar House Distillery Rye Whiskey Oat Soap Class. Nice. I wish I could go. I know. Um, It's Sunday at 11 o'clock. That class is going to fill up super fast. So It may already be full. Yeah, it might already be full. They're doing it at Sugar House? No. Or at Oleo. At Oleo. Actually, I'm not sure. I forgot to look, but I would assume it's at Oleo. (laughs) Um, I'll find out, and I will... I will post that information, and but it's like, this is going to be an awesome, super awesome class. Our beer soap is ready and I, I've used, started using my I have not dog. used it yet. And it worked lovely. Did you get some head? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Did you get head from your beer soap? Did it suck you off, Jeremy? It did not. Maybe I made it wrong. So today I told, um, what did I say to Kim? I said something about. I don't know some some term that where you, you say something like I can't remember. He's like, "Can I see if you're wet?" And I was like, "Nope." And then I turned and left because I was like, "That's creepy." Appropriate. I can't remember. I'll have to try and remember what I said. Okay. Um. I one more bit. So. I've been cider using the back at Mount West Cider, but this one's cool. So they're gonna do. 30 minutes of yoga, and then they're going to do tastings, but they're also going to talk about the benefits of cider this time. So you can get tickets at ypslc.com. Six o'clock is yoga. And and the 28th is Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. I'm getting there. Oh. It's okay. I just see. I'm looking at your notes, and the 27th, it just stops dead. I, do you notice they're not in any order at all? Oh, I was just looking at the bottom <laughs> instead of the 27th, and I'm it's like, dead. bam. Get it? Nothing there. Um, so wow, there are up. a lot of awesome things that are happening around the state. If you like to, um, they have up at uh, Farmington Station, they're putting out boots for fallen soldiers. Um, you can go to any, not any, but a lot of the memorial parks around the, the city and they're doing memorial services. Um, is South Jordan doing their flags again? That oh. is for 9-11. Oh, sorry. 
Sandy, you mean? That's all. Is it Sandy? Yeah. It does the flag. That's several yeah. months from now. Yeah, that's in September. And that's I'm sure they'll do it every year. And that's amazing. I love going to that. But yeah, Memorial Day weekend too. Oh, and so the next, I do have an event for the next weekend, even though I forgot to write it down. Pride. Pride is coming. Oh, so I was going to say, and, and, and uh, I think we talked about this last week, but uh, RSL announced uh, the new scarves. Have you seen them? The the um, the pride scarves, yes, the rainbow pride awesome. scarves. I'll, I'll show you guys. Uh, they're really cool. They're really cool. And those will I be going. One. Yeah, they will be going on sale the last weekend in May. I think there's a game on the thirtieth, which is a Wednesday, and that's the day they go on sale at cool. the stadium. So uh, I will. That would I will be definitely cool. get them. And and for the whole month of June, um, I don't exactly know all the details. I'll I'll look them up again. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's just Real Salt Lake or or if it's the whole league, um, but they're doing a charity drive thing where you can donate X amount of dollars for every goal that is scored, and uh, it all goes to um, like Pride Foundation stuff. That's rad. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll get all the details. They say and I'll get believe equality. Um, I'll get more details on Pride because this year it's going to be just a little bit different. Um, they've gotten rid of the Friday events um, and just put a main focus on Saturday and Sunday. So they have two different ones that are the one of them the words are rainbowy and the other one the background is rainbowy rainbowy. And one one looks more summery. Because it's white. Well, no, one's a one's a, I think one's a regular scarf. So look, hold on, I'll grab. Oh, I thought one was the front and one was and the then back. The others are a silk, more of a silk. Is oh, that... gotcha. The material that they're made out of. So, one's like a knit. Maybe. Oh, it's yeah. like He's the samples. It's like the difference between these two scarves. So this You're is right. The white one is a summer scarf, and the other one th- is this a, is a summer scarf. So it's much lighter. Like, you can wear I like it. The white one. Yeah, and then the other one is is a normal winter. We should scarf. get a summer scarf and a winter scarf. I plan on it. Yes, Maybe even one of each, because I'm pretty sure proceeds are going yeah, to the, the pride organizations as well. Oh, I want hey. the winter one. And last week on the. Yeah, last week on the 19th, the new Pride Center opened, so that's cool, too. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff going on in that regard. That's Brendan Steinecker, by the way, in the picture. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a lot of the promotional stuff for it, which is really We have cool. a rainbow windsock that we hang on Pride Weekend at the top of our flagpole. It's true. It's cool. Any other events? Okay, I think it's enough. There's a lot of shit going on for Memorial Day, so get out and do something. Um... I actually will probably sit on my ass and watch. That's my plan. Watch TV, binge TV, because we will have had, we basically had no breaks uh, up up to this point um, with the graduation stuff and the bathroom and everything else. So we'll just uh, probably binge watch shows that are like piled up on the DVR. You should watch Killing Eve. The, it's may, my new favorite show. Maybe in like August when we've gotten through all the shows <laughs> we haven't been able to watch for the last two months. It's really bad. Like I, because I still want to watch the Lost in Space on Netflix, Jessica Jones season two. I'm sure by that time, like, meh, I still want to watch it, good or not. Uh, just so much shit that we haven't watched. We've like everything is over five episodes on the DVR, so. Um, we just don't have time to watch TV. Um, anyway. We have kind of time to watch our individual things because there are times when Chris has a little downtime or I have a little downtime, but we just haven't had enough downtime together. 
With us today is Josh the Herbalist. It's a weird last name. Yeah, the I Herbalist. like it. Is the your middle name or the first part of your last name? It's officially my middle name. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. the Herbalist is my dad. Okay. There okay. you go. Very nice. Definitely got to go with Josh on this one. Um, so, Josh. We were uh, supposed to have Josh on like three months ago, four yeah. months ago. Yeah, so. and then he like got sick or something stupid. Wasn't it the... I do a lot of things. I stay busy, you guys. Something crazy. (laughs) At any rate, we're happy to have you. Thanks, guys. This this was a request from Peter, actually, originally. And uh, then we did a show with Peter. And now we're doing a show with Josh because we still want to talk to Josh, regardless of Peter. (laughs) Peter, you're out. Thanks, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a request to Peter or did you want to talk to Josh? And then Peter's like, yeah, that would work great to do a crossover show. Yeah, that's what happened. So he was going to use the show for his show. He still can. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, just really long for his format because his shows are way shorter. If he edits out, if he edits he out, edit, though. Edit out all the bad jokes and the swear words, they'll have it down to about or half like an hour. Or like this part, you know. Yeah, but most of his listening audiences in Ireland, they don't understand our swears. So as long as we're not saying bloody and fecker and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we do say fecker a lot now. Thanks to Peter, actually, specifically. Thanks, Peter. Teaching us your dirty language. Really, though, thanks, Peter, for Father Ted, because that show's freaking hilarious. That is so funny. Good. So I'm allowed to say feck? You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want on this show. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the joy of a podcast. There, is no, there are no restrictions. That's some feckin' tattoo on your arm, though. Thank That's you, beautiful. I like the, the like herbalist boobies. It's a tree, but they're boobies and a woman. Well, originally, they were just full out, but I decided, um, because Utah, I should give her some. <laughs> She's got some of their petal pasties. Yeah, I was going to say, they look almost like lilies, <laughs> the pasty lilies. Yeah. No, I like that I tattoo quite it. a bit. It's, it's a great sleeve. So we're doing this bright and early this morning because Josh has a tattoo appointment this afternoon. If you want to like plug that shop or that artist. So the girl who drew this and is doing the ink is named Randy Buttons. and That's a I, great name. If I can quickly find you. It's better than the herbalist. Sorry. <laughs> because there's no wow. the. If it was Randy the Buttons, it would be weird though. So. So perhaps you can suggest that First today when you're... <laughs> I like the B over here, too. Also, I just want to say tattoos are trashy, so... I have a tattoo. We all almost have tattoos. This is accurate advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Randy Buttons on Instagram. You can see all of her good stuff. With an I or a a Y? R-A-N-D-Y. I'm just a... Chris is just a wimp, and so he can't get one. He's just jealous. It's true. That's true. I could... if I could think of something I wanted on my body all the time. We'll pick something for Maybe you. Maybe you could get, <laughs> get our dentist friend to give you some sedation. <laughs> some so, analgesia. So go to the dentist, get nice and sedated, then Did rush over analgesia? to the tattoo Analgesia, it's, that's it's what it's called. Oh, sure. oh, okay, analgesic. Whoa, it's a suppository. <laughs> it takes, it's a, called it sedation. takes a while to kick it's in. It's called sedation first you analgesia. Shove it up there. <laughs> Remember, you, I used to work with anesthesiologists. Could you imagine if tattoo artists, like, that was a thing they provided? Like, yep, we're just going to put this suppository up there and then hang around for 30 minutes while it kicks in. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe if you're getting a tattoo in a van down by the river. Or if you're tattooing your wiener. Who was it that told us about that? That was our ta- the tattoo artist that we had on. That somebody else was tattooing that? that is they rid- stumbled upon that one morning. That is ridiculous. So we, we are interviewing uh, Josh, actually, at... It's really uh, Josh Williams is his real name. No, it's Josh the Herbalist. No, no I don't believe it you. It can anymore. be like Josh the Herbalist Williams. This paper right That's here. That's a big, long name. This paper doesn't home. lie. Yeah, I don't see Josh the word the Williams on here yeah, at all. Normal. Once it gets written down, that's it. That's yeah. it. It's in I've, writing. I've been branded. I have to change everything. Yep. Speaking, Get your new driver's license Speaking next week. of in writing, so we're at Time and Place. Uh, we love the store and, and Melinda. Um, but We but, were just talking about how it's just so, you come in and it's just so pleasant to be in here. It's It's calming and it's Jeremy thinks it's just because of the amount of oxygen in the air from and the the music which is stopped again that's all right. (laughs) she's not your maid she doesn't have to like serve you we should have psychedelic prayers this time Jeremy just get off your ass and go change the damn record you're old enough (laughs) I know how they work your record stopped can you go fix that for me that's the second time you told her to do that I didn't tell her and you picked a crappy record yeah. Flock of Flock Seagulls is isn't good. It's wrong. It's nostalgic and happy. Nostalgic for who? Me. <laughs> Emmy. The one who made the request. I have, I have Josh Flock of Seagulls at home, too. Josh is not. This is, this is relevant for me. This is my jam. It's, it's, it's All right. I'm in the minority here, apparently. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm not. Chris needs bread. Either. What? You want the bread record? Bread? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a band. I don't know who that is. I know who House of Pancakes is. That's good. Good album. Good listening. <laughs> that was one of the albums my mom had when I was a kid. That meatloaf? No, she didn't have meatloaf. My mom listened to Neil Diamond. Well, so did my mom. Oh, my God. You know, with meatloaf, though, every song is the same. He just seems to sings the same song like seven times. This is... Uh, I like it when he sings Christmas songs. This is Because he's Jewish. Meatloaf sings Christmas no, songs? No, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, sorry. Diamond oh, yeah. I was a Jewish man Christmas singing album. songs about baby Jesus. <laughs> Merry Christmas! You, you were at Frost when we sang the Neil Diamond coming to America. Oh, no, yeah. what was it? We, and we sang that for our play or whatever. Times. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. Sorry, yeah. we derailed your choice. So, no, it's That fine. never happens It's fine. I, I have a line to say because I would have for, totally forgotten this. But I love the notepad. So it is. So it's on notepaper that says, what the fuck? The From top. the desk of. And then the bottom is a checkbox for seriously, what the fuck? Um, but this is time and place. So time and time and place is, is in the Harvey Milk area of Salt Lake. So nine, and it's time like the herb. Ninth South and. 362 East, 900 South. 362 East, 900 South. It's a beautiful building. I love it. I love it. It was once a house that's been converted into a lovely. And we were commenting on, on. I think what I need a done. cot. You could just put one on there and I'll just come and. You can hang other in. swings from there too. Put a ham. Oh, God, Jeremy. <laughs> you can put a hammock up. between. You can put a hammock that's up what between I meant. the two I meant pillars. I was talking there. about those, well, those macrame. The word I meant was 70s. hammock. Sure, and you were. I'll just come down here since I just work up the street and when I'm like frustrated during the day, I'll just come and hang up. Hang up. Literally hanging in the, in the ceiling in the rafters and just yeah. chill out. So, this is a, a botanical boutique connecting people with plants and each other. See, we're all connected right now. It worked. Yep. Yeah. It did work. <laughs> well, she holds lots of, of events and things here. Um, so that's. She does the. Co- the you got to come over here. Yeah, come talk into Jeremy's. The mic. concrete plant holder. Concrete. So, this boxes. is Melinda, everybody. Hi, everybody. You'd think. Jeremy's like pulling her down on the table. <laughs> um, you can pick it up. Yeah, too. we do different events. Um, we've got. Gosh, what do we have coming up? We've got a pop-up coming up uh, with a florist and uh, 
Beehive Floral Co. is going to be here in LaBee's Jewelry. That's the day before Mother's Day. But we do events like we've got like a birthday party that we're doing for, and we're doing terrariums for the oh, yeah for the 18 year old um, and then we do like making concrete containers planting um, any anything botanically related we've done embroidery too I'm just babbling now okay no, she's got a, she's got a great place too if you are if you have a plant and you need to repot it which happens a lot like I just kill things but you can come here and she will and she's got a place where you can you can do that so if you are unsure of what you need she can help you it's true we have an on-site potting bench that you can just come and use and you can pick out stuff here or you can just bring your own stuff in um, and by your own stuff, I mean your own plant and or container. And then there's just a charge to use the potting bench. So you don't have to make a mess um, at home. I feel like I'm now going to let you guys go back to talking about Josh because we've got some really exciting stuff going on with Josh the Herbalist, too. <laughs> That's right. Josh the Herbalist. Not Josh Williams. That guy doesn't no. exist. No. Dang. I'm going to have to call my mom right after this and let her oh. know the name's We changed. will play a record for you, but the records aren't for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's important to know. Those are, those no. are heirloom records. Yes. They're playing records right now at my request. <laughs> You're so spoiled. You are spoiled. I guess that's what comes from being the oldest one on the podcast. And now you've got her all flustered. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I've me? got my senior discount, huh? Yep. <laughs> hey, so before we get back into things with Josh Josh is here, like, why, why am I even here? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. This do is you, great first thing in the morning. I love it. Do you have any dad jokes to get out of the way so you don't ruin his interview? Oh. No, they just come to me. It's like a gift. I wore my shirt like this to bed last night. And I wore mine this morning. Yeah, Holy no, Stone, mine, he's back in town. But mine back is, from Japan. Mine is a medium, oh, yeah? so it doesn't fit me during the day. It only Did fits he kill any whales while he was in Japan? Was he on a whaling ship? No, you know he's on a that, oil sh- on a coring ship. ship. Those pictures were awesome. He looked so mad, <laughs> and I don't know if it was just the weather. I mean, he was. I'm pretty sure if you've been on a boat for three weeks and it's been nonstop dudes. like rain, and you're surrounded by dudes, that's probably smoke and don't. I mean, not there's anything wrong with smoke, but they smoke, don't bathe, drink a lot. Well, smell he bad. probably didn't bathe either. Yeah, it's probably hard to bathe on a boat in the middle anyway, of the ocean. For that <laughs> that look on his face was classic. They need to make a, like a greeting card out of that picture. Made, made me think of the Morton Salt kid. Kind of. Just angry. Yeah. <laughs> or like a really angry Gordon's fisherman. I got your damn fish. Here's your fucking fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking enjoy them. What are you doing, Bree? I'm going to take... I'm going to take a picture of these flowers. They're beautiful. They are really pretty. So anyway, Josh, let's go back Sorry, to you. Josh. Um, <laughs> so part of why we're in Melinda's shop interviewing Josh the Herbalist uh, is you're going to be opening up a little place here, right? You're going to have some some stuff here? Yes. So we just uh, took over the back half of the building, and now she has to share with me, which means I'm going to be here all the time, and we'll see if I can drive her crazy. <laughs> That's all right. She, she seems pretty patient. Yeah, she probably needs company too. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna have her feed her a steady drip of calming tea that's all good. Good. Oh, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be okay. Calm, calming tea is good. Speaking of tea, am I jumping the gun to start talking about the tea? Because it's over there and it's looking like it might be ready soon. No, 
And do whatever it's, you want. It's, it's your podcast. It's water, Jeremy. It's water. <laughs> Isn't there stuff in it, though? There will be, yeah. Oh, he, hasn't, he hasn't put anything in it. Oh. It's just water. It's just, wa- it's just hot it's just water. water yet. I, so, think, I think the point of Josh being in Melinda's shop is to teach her that you can eat plants and drink them, too, right? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> she's, used to, she, she's used to just, like, growing them. Melinda's like, don't eat the plants. Josh is like, you know, you can do something <laughs> different with lilies, right? You can break them up and then put them in water and it makes good tea. Well, um, <laughs> that's what she's going to do with all the plants. I don't necessarily that get condone out. this part of the conversation. <laughs> like, like, maybe don't eat your house plants. Um, well, yeah, I mean that's bad. Like, it, they can kill your cats, so yeah. you probably shouldn't eat them yourself. Maybe that's why I just kill them. I'm just preemptively saving our our pets. There you go. I kill everything I touch. I couldn't even keep an our, air plant alive. Our cats do eat like every plant that comes into the house. They start nibbling on. Do they eat the rubber tree? Is that what happened there? No. No. Reed I don't know what it. happened. <laughs> its leaves all fell off. It was just a stick. Did yeah. you give it water? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's important. I did. <laughs> Too much? Every week. No. Every week, like, I was pop, very careful. I watered it just how she told me to do. I set it in water. I didn't pour water into it. I let it soak the water up from the bottom. And then I would go put it back on. Uh, whatever. And it just died. No more plants. For All me. the leaves fell off. Yep. Maybe you have radon in your house. And no. it's an early warning system. Maybe no. it was the kind of water you used. It's Kern's water. Like they, I, oh yeah, I would go with like maybe a Lacroix, but like my, a passion fruit Lacroix. My mom, my mom uses Kern's water Something on her sparkly. plants, and they're ginormous. Yeah, but this was a rubber. <laughs> this was a rubber plant. He's suggesting that we go out and buy some some bubbly flavored water. It. Not all Lacroix water's flavored. Uh, hey, I drink the water in Kerns, and I'm fine. Your mom has grandma love that well, she puts in her plants. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think once you're over the age of 65, anything you do, plants are like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. You're entitled. It's cool. I'll grow for you. My mom's definitely over the age of 65. And then she hands them to Brian, and they're like, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, now we can just die peacefully. <laughs> All of, she inherited all my grandma's plants and have kept them alive. My my grandma used to keep poinsettias alive. We, like, we killed all year the bamboo. Around. Grandma kept bamboo that we gave her for Mother's Day one year alive for a long time. And then I killed it. And then grandma <laughs> dies. We take the bamboo back and it dies. Within Maybe like it died of months. a broken heart. All within it's like possible. what three months? I killed the rubber tree plant. I killed the, the air plant. I killed and I killed my grandma's bamboo. By the way, Melinda in the background just yelled, I, "What?" I can't. I. I. It makes me so That's sad. That's why she's you not know, allowed in my garden. In retrospect, I should have taken the rubber tree home. Yeah, it's probably still. It'd be flourishing. <laughs> I actually mentioned it when it when I the it first started losing its leaves that somebody else should take it and nobody nobody claimed it. All right, Josh, back to you. Sorry, again. Yeah. So this is how it goes. We have a guest on. You have to be more. Ourselves. I'm just entertained. So let, let me ask. Let me ask you, Josh. You're the, you're the herbalist. What is that? All you deal with is herbs. <laughs> I mean, like, do you grow sage and no, rosemary? No, he was born with that or, last name. Or you know, do you grow giant hibiscus trees the and herbis, chop those up? I don't understand. Has found him. He has not found it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did it start with like oregano and the Harmon Spice Isle, or? Yes, exactly. That's exactly how it started. Uh, I actually don't really have a green thumb. I don't grow like a, a lot of things. I pay people to do that for me. Um, I I'll get good at gardening one day, but right now I'm not good at gardening. So, uh, 
What was the question? What were you, like, what how did you get what? started? Yeah, how did oh. you get started? He didn't really ask yeah, you a I'm question. Like, Wait, what? We should also back up and start off with like the whole "Where are you from?" thing. Yeah, are, are your is your herbalist is the herbalist family from Utah? Yes, we uh, we are we have a, a long history of presence in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, the herbalist clan. I think I'm, I might be the first one, actually, in my family. My family's not super pumped about all this like <laughs> about like, herbs yeah they're just like Re- really they're more of a, a job people his dad's a physician <laughs> and he's like well no. i don't really a think lawyer uh, yeah. really. <laughs> um i i'm from here yes i grew up in west valley not I, I grew up in kerns adjacent sorry about that kerns, kerns all kinds of woohoos going around this table and i turned out okay i think i, I grew up in west valley did you really i did yeah yeah i Where'd went to granger granger and then copper hills granger granger 97 94 <clears throat> 93 but i he me. i didn't cheat graduated early yeah that's right anyway. this means i'm smarter than you and younger oh boy can we go back to the mid 90s high school days guys <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. This is fantastic of my life. That's what everyone wants to hear about is Utah in the mid-90s. This year, this summer is my 20th reunion. Are you going to go? I don't know. I haven't made a decision yet. The answer should be no. Yeah, I'm never going to go Next to Next year's our 25th. I went Up to high. one. I don't give five. <laughs> Did I ever give high five? Hard she gave pass. me a high five when she finished the tile. Oh, wow. That, that was, was special then. Yeah, that was a special moment. Special moment. Well, technically it's not finished yet, but it's close. Okay, so West West, so you graduate high school. What, what's the progression? How do you get into herbs? Um, Were you already into them yes. in high school smoking? Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. Smoking? Cloves? Yes, yes. Cloves are herbs? Yeah. Yeah. Are they? That's not what I was talking about, Jeremy. <laughs> <sighs> Josh By the way, as a disclaimer, Josh the herbalist is not a pot producing or selling individual. The only pot he is into. I don't know. Melinda looked at pots. Melinda looked up like, well, that's where I get my weed. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you feel so happy when you. Come I feel in like here. if I sold pot, I'd be doing better financially. <laughs> Quite possibly. I might branch out. Melinda's like, who did I let into my shop? She closes the door, yep. turns the sign to close, locks it. We're not going to be open today. I'll be uh, Salt Lake's premier source for shade-dried, organic, uh, vegan, gluten-free marijuana. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, isn't marijuana by definition vegan and gluten-free? I don't know. It's got to be. Yeah, but like, once you label it. Yeah, once you label it, you can charge a premium. Yeah. It's look, it's better. But it's better. It's healthier. Yeah. Okay, so how'd you get into herbs? Um, I got into plant medicine when I was probably 12 or th- oh, wow. 13. And um, we grew up, you guys might remember this, there was like a little herb shop on Redwood Road and sort of maybe in the like 4,000 South area forever. And I lived close to that. And I used to just pop over there and hang out. And they would do tea nights. And I was just super into it. I don't know. And it kind of just always stayed with me. And I've always had this uh, punk rock attitude about medicine. I think that plant medicine is the people's medicine. And I love the idea of taking control and having access to it without the bureaucracy and the red tape. And it's just kind of always been my personal go-to. You know, I'll go to a doctor. I have no no drama with any of that. But um, this is where I go first. And so it's just always been my my primary thing. And then, well, herbal medicine has worked for the rest of the world for hundreds of thousands of years, mm-hmm. or at least thousands of years. This yeah. is true. I mean, if you're a dinosaur, maybe hundreds of thousands. But they didn't exist, so we won't go there. So there really is something to be said about marijuana <laughs> as an herbal remedy. I mean, all jokes aside, right? 
there are real medicinal po- properties for for marijuana. This is true. Yes. Yeah. Potterdies. Potterdies. Um, okay. But, so how did the path continue? High school then. So um, I didn't. I was just like a self learner, a self studier for twenty years, and it wasn't until five or six years ago that I got sort of had the wake up call from people around me and myself that like this is what you should be doing you're super pumped about it and i'm good at it and i like it and i'm happy in the space so uh, i did some formal education which will probably continue my whole life um i'm currently in a a mentorship with a teacher that i've respected since i was a kid and that's awesome and went to some school and just learn all the time it just never stops where'd you go to school so i went to a, a program called east west and they're in ben lomond california it's like one of the top clinical herbalist schools in the country and they're doing something very cool which is combining the three traditions of ayurveda traditional chinese medicine and western vitalist tradition into one sort of synthesis of plant medicine so they're looking at how do these traditions overlap and where they overlap is this point of power so we're looking at why these traditions have lasted for so long, why their traditions of medicine are so effective, um, and how we can apply them, you know, in a world that maybe doesn't respect those traditions very much anymore. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of colonization happening in plant medicine where people who look like me go to people who don't look like me and steal their traditions, and it's this big, this big thing. So this this program I was really impressed by because they're trying to maintain and energy into these old medicine traditions and keep them alive that's really cool it's very cool and you know i just love that i i got perspective from the three best uh i shouldn't say best that's not right uh the three no it's sort of more celebrated (laughs) herbal medicine traditions in the world which is ayurveda from india and traditional chinese medicine or barefoot doctoring and then what's happened in this country over you know several hundred years from the indigenous people through um the colonists to to now so. so the multicultural theft of everyone else. Yeah, that. Yeah. This is America. Multicultural appropriation. Is that better than cultural theft? I don't know. Uh, it just sounds better, but I think it's the same thing. <laughs> I think there is something to be said there, though. I mean, when you have cultures, especially something like, like you know, Chinese, you know, very, very Eastern-centric culture and, and Western culture, coming to the, some of the same conclusions when it comes to things like herbal medicine, that certain plants are good for curing these conditions clearly there's something to be said about you know that actually working i mean look at aspirin aspirin is derived from tree bark essentially originally way back when didn't they just boil it to get it out before i think so i don't know but most of the drugs that we have now that are, are synthetic even synthetic opioids are born of heroin of of a natural poppy uh, sort of uh, substance, so they find substances in nature that have some sort of you know curative effects. And uh, what's funny is all of the fake drugs now they say made with real acai berries, and it's like, well, if you just did that in the first place, maybe bypass all the synthetic crap. Yeah, we could just use the real thing. Yeah, this is a huge soapbox that I could get on, but I won't. Do it. We'll do, do it. it. Platform. Do it. So, yeah, just say whatever you want. So, and this is you know this is this is like personal opinion, but this is it's a good point that when you start isolating things, and you know one of the like hottest uh, herbal supplements right now is turmeric, mm-hmm. and the active uh, the active compound in turmeric that makes it anti-inflammatory and so miraculous is curcumin and so what companies are doing is they're getting the turmeric root out of the ground they're extracting curcumin from it and 
putting it in a pill and selling it. And then they have to put a bunch of disclaimers on it. And they're like, hey, look, guys, if you take a shit ton of curcumin, now all this stuff can happen to you. It can cause blood thinning and all this problems because you've taken it out of its context in a whole plant. All If you would just take the whole turmeric root itself, none of that would happen because turmeric has other active compounds in it that check yeah, that makes sure overcorrect. you don't overdose yourself, right. basically. So why we do that, I don't I guess it's it's all money and power and control, but um you know, that's a it's a good point that there's a lot of bureaucracy and power tactics involved in medicine and some of the greatest teachers that I that I listen to all say the same thing that plant medicine is the people's medicine. Pharmacology belongs with doctors and pharmacists, but plant medicine belongs with the people. And so that's, you know, that's what the that's what my my work is about is just putting that back in back in the hands of the people who want to work with it. Well, and I feel like that uh, I I'm I'm a strong believer in natural remedies. Well, and we've talked about like the opioid issues that are around the country now and and the addictions and stuff like that and I don't think a lot of that would have happened if people would have I, I don't know why we have to mess with everything so much. I don't either. I'm incredibly confused by why we can't we complicate like why do you need to take something and go through this whole process of extracting it and isolating it and constantly like why don't you so just- you can say it's pure whatever it is and then people buy into that that it's pure whatever and then i don't have you know whatever other negative effects I, to me it's it's actually very similar to what's going on with with marijuana in in the medical realm right now uh and the use of you know separating out the cannabis oil look i know that the there's a psychoactive compound in, in thc but I think we will probably begin to see similar effects when you start to separate out the compounds in in marijuana. Uh, I think you'll you'll have some of the same stuff. You don't have a lot of the the checks and balances that nature puts in its own stuff. So I agree. True that. And I am I am a huge uh, huge advocate for legalizing medicinal and recreational marijuana. And I'm also a huge advocate of CBD oil, only because. Um, it's one of those instances where the CBD oil is coming out in a full spectrum profile. So like you are keeping so much of the, so that, much of that the synergy and that buffering and where THC is psychoactive, you know, it's nice for people to get pain relief and, um, other kinds of relief without, you know, without getting high, getting couch well, especially if you've in. got like, if you're, especially if you're like a kid, I, I don't know that I'm I'm really all work. about making kids super high just to help them, but but those drugs help kids too, and so and, and then people can go to work still. Well, and that's the other thing know? to me. I I have a hard time calling you know marijuana a drug. It's like and alcohol. I don't like pot. I don't smoke pot. I'm not a fan myself. I don't like how it makes me feel, but. It's it's an herbal remedy more than a drug to me. But surely, if you had something where normally you would be prescribed an opioid, you would prefer... I'd prefer to smoke heroin. <laughs> <laughs> organic heroin. Yeah, yeah definitely. From oh, yeah, pot- just label it organic. From no, locally no, no, grown can we hashtag that? Hashtag organic hero- heroin. I'll write that down. Organic <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun fact, actually. People, you don't know how often I'm out. Uh, sometimes... I'm not going to say where. It wasn't here, but recently, he was at Rio Grande. recently in, a cl- in a class that I taught, a big class in a public space, uh, somebody brought me as a thank you for the class, um, a uh, kind of kombucha-like drink that was very, very heavily uh, 
full of psilocybin mushrooms no um like some kind of pot thing oh. i don't know like i don't even know They're like I'm, oh you must like pot everyone is saying that i'm actually completely i don't smoke at all yeah no completely sober so like it, it's just people assume that i'm this big pot people ask me hippie. like where do i get the good pot i'm like i i don't you're like know. i don't know try, try oh, i can tell you some tea stuff but yeah, let's do that I mean, <laughs> he's like if you want to get high on mushroom tea i can help you out but, yeah <laughs> i don't know about that I, so that's fun. For, that's also, a fun, gross way to take fact. mushrooms is tea. That's not. That's disgusting. Tastes gross. I don't know. They're better on your salad. What? I yeah. Mushrooms on your salad. Psilocybin mushrooms on your salad, Jeremy. <laughs> this is gross. Uh, anyway, enough about uh, uh, enough about controlled narcotics because the NSA is always listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to our podcast. That, they're the only ones that listen to our podcast on a regular basis. They're the actual. They're That's actually how you know you've that. made it in life <laughs> when they're listening. When the NSA is paying attention. <laughs> so, uh, what you're going to open up here is Melinda was telling us a little bit about it, but uh, I want to hear from from you. It's a she said an herbal apothecary. Yeah, so it oh, will be. Awesome. A full, nearly full service apothecary. We're going to do as much as we can in the space that we have. So the, you guys got a tour, right? There's mm-hmm. two rooms and the smaller of the two rooms will be floor to ceiling, uh, either organically grown or ethically wild harvested herbs from around the world. We're starting out with about 135. Wow. So, so no, no young living redwood oil. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, that, those are some people I won't talk shit about because they'll come for you. Yeah. Because they are listening. That's t- mafia level. We talk shit about them all the time. That is like, that's like mafia level stuff. Come at me, bro. I, come at me, bro. No. That's what I say to them. <laughs> now, you might not because you're in their space, sort of, but yeah. I will talk shit on lavender oil all day. What are you, what are you? calling your apothecary the uh the apothecary is green thread herbs and i'll tell you guys a little more about green thread in a while with tea we have a whole story for by it. the way again not a pot dispensary don't come here looking for weed we will be carrying some super super fantastic uh cbd products that's great but, that's great um they're coming from somebody that's doing kind of a wild grow style of of the plant nice. and it's nice. very cool but it's definitely not our it's not our. So, like up in the mountains, the UNT mountains is where they're growing it, probably? <laughs> Canada. Oh, That's Canada. That's technically in mountain. I'm just, I'm yeah. just Canada's awesome. There are a lot of pot farms up in the UNT mountains if you, if you know where to look. So. Sniff, sniff I don't know anything about drugs. <laughs> Um, no, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, so bulk herbs, so room number one, bulk herbs, and we will have a way station, so you can come in. Everything's in quarter ounce increments, so you can come in and get just what you need, and you don't have to commit to eight or ten ounce bags like a lot. You know, if you go online, that's a lot. And a ten ounce bag it really is. Herb is. People think lot. like, oh, five ounces is nothing. I'm like, five ounces that's of dried so leaves. Is, yeah, it's like buying tobacco. Like, well, so, yeah, that's what we talk about. Like, we you, no. we have to buy an ounce of pipe tobacco at a time, loose pipe tobacco, and that shit. It's like, a we big we, bag. We never go through it. We never go through a full ounce before it, it's too dry yeah. to use. Exactly. So, so. Jeremy uses it to dust his bees so that he I can go and harvest the honey. They love it. Nice. That's awesome. Nice, lots of beef. Lots so of beef stuff too. Will you offer advice to people on what herbs they should take for their common cold or the <laughs> lavender oil they need for their headache? <laughs> um, Please don't tell me you're selling lavender oil, by the way. I'm sure that lavender essential oil will be there. Like, we're going to have a pretty awesome line of essential oils, and it's not anything that anybody else here in Salt Lake is carrying right now. Oh, that's we'll good. We'll just say that. That's good. Um, so. 
the answer to that is yes and no. No, I will not be telling people what they should take to get better because then I would be practicing medicine without a license. When I'm working as herbalist Josh and doing classes, I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. When I'm in my shop and I have to be incredibly careful about how I say things. So if someone comes in with uh, something they're dealing with, I can tell them what I would do if I were them. Wink, wink. But you can't. But tell I cannot them. say. This yeah. Works for um, and so you know, we're hoping that our clientele will pick up on that and, so and understand. So that's how Young and, Living gets around that bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, there's not the, a big fan of all of their stuff. It's a it's a lot. I think if you're not in Utah, Utah's like DoTerra, Young Living. Yeah. Capital. Of, it's their mecca, right? Well, it's because it's so in we get America, we yeah. get a lot of it. I remember a friend coming into town the weekend of the Young Living Conference, and he texted me from tracks on the airport, and he was like, the public transit here smells lovely. And I'm like, it's because the oil people are here. Yeah. This usually doesn't smell like that. You're like, oh, it's because the people that, like, soak themselves in, in doTERRA essential oils before they go out. Yeah, they wiped all the uh, they wipe all the seats down with the yeah. protecting blend before they get on it. So I guess because we're, because we're <laughs> chatting about it, does that stuff even work? Does that stuff even? I'm sure some of it does. It I'm has. sure on a certain level. Look, look, peppermint oil on your temples does a lot for a headache, uh, and and I think it's more the 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 sensory of the peppermint coming into your sinuses. There's some science behind it. But it's not like put it in a humidifier and you're going to be all better, like they say. Just oils are, to, to, to circle back to, all essential oils are an extract, right? So you're taking one part of the plant out. I do work with them. I'm by no means an essential oil expert. It's not my, my main way of working with plant medicine by far. I have people that I go to to get that information. But... Um, there are people that swear by it, and you know, well, in Utah County. To me, I, I like are it. Real. I like it more for emotional stuff because, really, scent and emotion are so deeply connected, and the limbic system, which is sort of the part of the brain where we store emotions and emotional connective memories, are so so influenced by smell. So almost anything you give yeah, somebody that they smell, there's this recall, like, oh, this reminds me of growing up, or this reminds me of this event. That is true. And I love the subtlety of scent. And so I think about if we're trying to deal with subtle things like emotions and thoughts that are hard to like pinpoint, we will go to like subtle medicine. This is why you guys can't have nice things. I know. I just, these plastic <laughs> cups, I'm just chucking them around. And speaking of nice things, you said you had herbal teas for us. You guys want some tea? I would love to. Well, I brought you two today. We'll do, we'll do two rounds and um, yeah, simple. Awesome. Single, so, we're doing single herb teas today, so you can just get the full... And so when you say herbal tea, it's not a tea leaf, it's something else, right? Right. So here, this is the thing. So Camellia sinensis, the plant that where green tea comes from, and black tea and white tea and all the teas, mm -hmm. they actually come from one plant called Camellia sinensis with many vari variegations. That's what a lot of people think of as tea. We also call tea made from other plants tea. Mm -hmm. In other parts of the world, it is not called that. They call it a tisane or an infusion to clarify the difference between the two. Um, tea is my preferred method of working with plant medicine. So I will give people tinctures and powders and stuff, but if I can get people into... Um, Steeping a whole herb. Doing tea, not only, not only because... Most of the medicinal herbs we work with are water-soluble. Not all. And if they're not, we do tincture. Um, water is part of us, right? It gets into deep parts of our tissues. It gets in quick. You can do it it's on an empty stomach. Part of us, it allows say. your body to regulate better. So if you take a little too much, you just pee it out real quick. Um, 
And I like the ceremony of tea. I like that if you want to be better, whatever better means for you, you have to slow down and sit down and STFU for a second and just chill, you know, and make make the tea and have the sensory experience. I have no gripes with tinctures. Um, we will actually be carrying some great tinctures, very few pills, capsules, because you have no sensory experience with that stuff. You don't get to smell it and taste it and see what it looks like. And actually, from the Chinese perspective, all that is very important for the medicine. If you just take a capsule of something and your body has no connection to it until it blows open in your stomach, oftentimes the immune system reacts. And it's goes, like, Whoa, what the hell is this? That's Get out of here. And it kind of, you know, maybe it doesn't let it as deeply into the system or even even on the more like wooey level, maybe it doesn't hit some of our more subtle parts of our being. Well, so, also think about it from a membrane perspective. You're going to absorb a lot more when you get it through your nasal cavities and through your mouth and down your throat. As a liquid, it will absorb into your bloodstream more readily than a pill does once it hits your stomach and it's dealing with stomach yep. acids. Right? So we want the medicine up in our nose. We want to taste it. If it's terrible and bitter and gross, we want that experience if it's lovely and floral we want that experience we want the throat coat and get it in the belly and all the things i've got some tea on my desk at home called throat coat that stuff is <laughs> awesome that's traditional medicinal throat coat is, is one of the one of the classics so yes tea tea is kind of my jam um i like to like to give people tea and i know it's hard it's people are busy so we we will do tinctures and eventually we're going to offer a an infusion service where you can come get pints of high potency infusion to just oh, keep nice. in your fridge for a few days yeah so what kind of tea is this that we're going to start with here walk so, us through so this is one that i've been obsessed with for a couple of months it's called usually called greek mountain tea uh sideritis is the the formal also known as ironwort and wort for those who don't know is an old english term that means herb medicinal herb w-o-r-t not cut up frogs yeah so this guy I love. Uh, if you have a if you have an old school Greek grandma in your family somewhere, they they know about this tea, and it grows uh, from Greece all through the Mediterranean, all the way towards Syria. Um, in fact, Sideritis Syriaca I think is the particular variety we're drinking right now, so it's more Syrian side. Uh, so harder to get a hold of, hold of right now with uh, yeah well there, yeah it's, it's a process <laughs> so uh, I love this one just as a sipping tea the active flavonoids in this are just incredibly calming it's just like a good soothing calming so what sipping is it tea we're smelling it's got I, I, I I'm gonna botch it but it's got almost a eucalyptus sort of okay. kind of, no I don't know you have your own experience with it there's no right or no wrong I I'm think trying to place it I, don't I always know. think it's peppery it makes me have like kind of a peppery like feely peppery sort of vibe it's good i just can't quite place where it's very it, unique i think it's got a mint leaf flavor not like like gum mint but like if you were to smell a, an actual mint leaf like mm -hmm. deep a mint leaf kind of it sort kind of. of gives me that that's that. the thing i hear the most is people say it's like oh kind of minty kind of sagey it's so I'm smelling eucalyptus, so I'm like going to have a stroke or some mild sage smell. But Did you just say you're going to have a I said stroke? I'm smelling eucalyptus. Does that mean I'm going to have yes. a stroke or something? So no, I'm only if you smell burnt, burnt toast. toast. <laughs> we don't do burnt toast tea. So this, uh, like, yeah, do you do burnt nice. toast with tea, with though? Tea. Uh, also, huge, huge and very complicated antioxidant profile. So this guy is just really great for the immune system, very fortifying, and also very soothing for the digestion. So... This is a good one to have with food or after you maybe overeat a little bit. 
and the flavor is incredibly subtle. So people, if you're used to drinking the powdered tea bags from the grocery store, the flavor mm-hmm. is really big. And oftentimes that last ingredient is natural flavors. And we don't necessarily know what the hell that means. It means yeah. dirt. Yellow number it, five. It often usually means a, a, a chemical grade fragrance mm-hmm. that they're allowed to say is natural, even though it, because it has a natural derivative. Um, but real, real medicinal tea, unless we're treating a, an acute illness where we've got to really hit it hard is, is super subtle. It's really gentle and it, you kind of have to sit with it and let it get up in your nose a little bit. I was going to say, this one's really subtle. Like, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more pungent, but it's not. It's, it's super, super delicate. Subtle. Yeah. And so I love, I love to introduce people to, this is a hand harvested, wild grown plant. This has not come off a farm. This comes from just like wild meadows to introduce people to. This is a good one. So, so do, do you get some of your herbs then when like walking around downtown Salt Lake, you'd like see one and you jump in and like urban forage? No, because, <laughs> because then, just kidding, then you have yeah. a little dog pee in your, uh, your yeah. Tea. You get a little car exhaust, a little dog pee, a little cigarette butt. I don't know what those are. Like. All natural. Those are all incredibly natural. natural. Maybe not the car environment. Not not the kind of medicine I'm looking for. What so. what show was it that I was watching where this guy was on? Like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm into urban foraging now, and like he's sitting outside, like gathering weeds and sticking them in a bowl to eat a salad. No. No. <laughs> what do you do with the herbs when you're done? Do you compost them? Do you just toss them? Compost you- is great. Uh, this particular herb has, uh, among meadow herbs, has a really cool superpower in that you can keep steeping it over and over again, hmm. and it will not ever go bitter. I was going to so, say, it looks really hearty. Like it's, a, it's, it's like a full whole grain almost. It's tough. And if you look at the shape of these leaves, I know that people listening don't get a visual. But they have well, kind of taking pictures. They so. have kind of a um, ironwort comes from the, sh- that, the shape of that leaf, kind of being reminiscent of the tip of an iron spear. And so this tea was used to treat iron wounds specifically. So if you got uh, shanked or shivved, whatever the yield shanking, uh, they would give you this to help. How about we had that discussion if it's a shanker or shiv? Yeah. I think we have actually had that. Discussion. I think it depends on if it's made out of a toothbrush or a piece of metal. Okay. Well, the, whatever the metal one is, uh, I think that's a shank. Well. That's a shank. <laughs> if you're in prison, it's shanked. If it's no. outside of prison, no, no, no it's a shiv. A shiv it's a prison, shiv in prison as long as it's made out of a toothbrush. Yeah, metal. we're talking about like the. <laughs> it's a shank if you bend the metal piece off your cotton and sharpen that. That's Chris knows all about this because of his brother. Yeah, I mean, I got a three-time convicted felon as a brother. I know all about prison rules. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, they make some herbal tea in prison out of, you know, candy wrappers and shit. So <laughs> I don't know. If it's I herbal. don't think a candy wrapper is herbal. <laughs> Old socks. So that's I don't think that's herbal either. Dandelion, dandelion leaves out of the prison. The- <laughs> <laughs> Josh is like, Jesus, why the fuck did I come on the show? <laughs> oh, I'm learning so much. It's very educational. I really enjoy this. This, yeah, is, this is awesome. It's nice. So we will have this. We'll have it in tea. We have a brand that we're, a company we're working with that is uh, in Greece that's going to send us tea bags for those who are less adventurous. The stuff we're drinking right now is literally uh, some sticks of gross, broken pieces of the plant just floating in our teacups, our tea bowls. We're doing kind of Japanese style tea bowls today. So does um, it get stronger the longer you let it steep? Or yes. Or does and it actually, kind of level off? we actually. Um, normally the liqueur, so the color of the water would be a lot darker, but I didn't 
get the water super hot because I wanted to be able to drink it right now. Yeah. Um, but when you do it at home and you can really get hot, steamy water and let it steep for six or eight minutes before you start drinking, it's even a richer experience. So the the, the heat of the water is a, is a factor in this as well. Definitely. Yeah. You got to have a little, you know, this is like tepid just want, so that we can. You want to hit boiling? I, just I usually get to the point where there's steam coming off the surface of the water because I, I don't want to wait. I want to yeah. pour it and wait a couple minutes for it to steep and dig in. So it just depends on how impatient you are. I would be rolling boil, put it in there. All right. Go do something else for a while, come back and drink That's it. That's also a thing. We do, you know, there are some herbs that are infused overnight. You pour boiling water in, oh, wow. just let them sit overnight the next day, strain it out. Hmm. Breakfast it. tea. Breakfast herbal tea. Mm-hmm. No, this is really good. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite fond of it. It is very subtle, uh, but if you get it right up to your nose... It's it, nice. It really makes a big difference in, in the flavor that you're. This is great. For- <laughs> <laughs> this makes for great for a podcast when everyone takes a drink at the same time. Yeah. Oops. I didn't know, realize everybody was drinking at the same time. I like just looking at the. Isn't it beautiful? It's, it's a, a really, really cool pretty plant, plant, yeah. It's got like, it looks like little pods or something. And I think there's. Uh, in addition to, you know, whatever phytochemistry you're getting into your bloodstream from the tea, there's something just incredibly romantic about seeing it as it is. And there's kind of like a, a spiritual thing that happens when you just get to just gaze at it and see it, see it, how it grows. Also zero calorie drink for those True. who are wondering. Yes. That's right. You drink it all day. You can have all you want. Yeah. Probably to an extent. I mean, you're going to have to pee out some of it eventually. Thank you. Linda says it's That's gorgeous. yours. And I love your teacup. She's got a Muppet <laughs> show, Miss Piggy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's really awesome. Did you see, did you see Josh's teacup? It's, it's, it's an emoji with a, it's a raccoon. It's a little raccoon. It, it is, is a raccoon. Got a butt. Okay. <laughs> a little tail. <laughs> a little tail. So do you, you offer the tea classes once a month? Is that correct? So we do. Uh, we just celebrated 14 months at the uh, Marmalade Branch of the Salt Lake City Library doing the Tea Tuesday program, which is a free community access program where we serve free tea and we talk about some aspect of tea. Do you find people are patient with the process or do you think that's something that they have to learn? Well, I think people are, are patient. We try to spoil them and, and give them a good time and it's free. You know, everything comes, we get help from the library system. We get help from sponsors. A lot of it comes out of my pocket, but people who show up are usually willing to, to sit. We've actually done some of the classes we've done have been silent tea ceremonies where people have come in. There's been no explanation and no introduction. We've sat Japanese style, poured tea and no one said a word and people have had like profound experiences with That's just so cool. just dropping in for five or ten That's minutes. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Generally, they have to come and listen to me ramble for an hour about something nerdy. <laughs> Last class we did was uh, medicinal plants of the Salt Lake Valley. So we talked about stuff oh. that is wilded to here or native here. and then Stuff also you can stuff. forge with dog pee. Exactly. <laughs> and stuff that grows what, really well. What are some examples of those that are local? So we talked about tons of things from the Lamiaceae family. So sage, mint, catnip, lemon balm. Just love it here. And they're fantastic medicinal herbs. They're great to have in the garden. You can cook with them. They make great tea herbs. And they're just good medicine. So, so I need some of that lemon balm. It will keep the cats out of my garden. Mint will too. 
Catnip will not. Uh, <laughs> no, not catnip. No, just lemon. I just bought lemon thyme and my planted sage. it in my garden. Catnip is the equivalent of an open bar for stray cats. Yeah. So that will definitely not ever be but planted cats in don't my like, garden. Cats don't like mint either. My sage is um, actually very. Huge. They don't like eucalyptus. They love mint because <clears throat> we had tons of mint and we never had cats. I love my cats. When I give them catnip, they're awesome. <laughs> so catnip, uh, Nepeticataria variety of catnip the thing that it's doing to cats it also has that level of influence on us but in an almost opposite way so nepotine is the active compound there and it's just one of the most calming not sedating but it's just chill catnip is like number one herb for parents to keep because it, it's great for kids it's not overwhelmingly sedative it just balance it just chills you out just calms hmm. you down we need to grow some more catnip okay yeah and the, and the tea, it's fantastic. Do you remember when it's we grew it inside of the like the like ball chase tray where there's just a ball in mm-hmm. a circle and the cats play with it for hours? It used to roll around all over the catnip mm-hmm. in the center of it that we grew. I thought you were going to say you're going to put catnip into like a kid's ball, gr- like the, the play area. That's a good idea, though. <laughs> catnip <laughs> over the play pit. Yeah. Like, I won't. child is so well behaved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps falling asleep in the ball pit. It's weird. <laughs> Don't go on those. Those are bad news. <laughs> nothing. You need to put like antibiotics in that thing. Yeah, just occasionally. You know, like how at the grocery store they have uh, water spray, spray down on the vegetables. Just spray like Clorox, <laughs> straight Clorox, just straight bleach into the pulp pit. I'm sure there's That's some essential oils for that. <laughs> <laughs> just haven't missed lavender down onto the ball pit. <laughs> nice. And so besides the tea classes, you've also started a tea festival in Utah as well as an herb festival. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> is it exhausting just thinking about it? It is, but it's so awesome. It gets like it, it gets me super pumped. So uh, Snowbrush Herb Festival is in its third year. This year we are at the Gateway um, at the Olympic Fountain. And... Um, the Gateway, also known as the Rose Park Country Club, which is what I <laughs> Rose Park Country That's uh, a good name. You need a hashtag. That's wow. So um, third year, we're going to have a full day start to finish. Oh, so it's June, Saturday, June 23rd, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Start to finish classes and workshops totally free. And it's called the Snow Herb Festival? Snowbrush Herb, Snow Festival. Brush Herb Festival. And it was started by a super fantastic human named Tiffany Bischoff, who her and her husband are the people behind Crucial Vest. So I think I know Tiffany from college she, really? years ago. She's the coolest. And I so this year... make sure it's the same Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> this year, the classes, the class lineup is just fantastic. So, so good. And then we have vendors from all over Salt Lake and then a couple from out of state that are doing all kinds of really fun stuff. And you can come learn and buy planty things, plant medicine things. And then Utah Tea Festival uh, I'm doing with Lauren Stern, who's the owner of Kinabari Tea House in Mill Creek. That is December 15th at the Marmalade Library. Also free to the public. It's a full day of tea ceremony. So you can pop in anytime and sit for, we're doing Japanese, Taiwanese, Chinese. Uh, we're doing American style herbal teas, like all, all the teas. Also, nice. also vendors and classes. And I think we're doing a movie showing. We're still working it out. And what else do I have going on? So what kind of, what kind of classes do you guys have to think about that 
your audience would be interested in? Well, I just had sort of a breakthrough about that because there there is a, a very deep, older, older brother of modern herbalism that isn't about physical healing. It's about spiritual, more spiritual healing. And this is the oldest iteration of plant medicine, of working with plants for their spiritual effects. And this is something that's super, really like the dearest part of herbalism to me. And I've always been like, God, people only hear that. It's too wooey and there's so much of it, like, you know, misconception and so much misappropriation and, all, you know, all this stuff. And I recently here in this space, we, we did an entire class on spiritual herbalism and we didn't so we sold out in three days and had 11 people on the wait list. And it was an expensive class. That's right. Like, nice. Did they get to make it and be part yes, of it? Yes, we did. We did a whole section of the class on working with incense for subtle, you know, aura and energy field cleaning. So we did Palo Santo and talked about some of the indigenous traditions of smudging. We did herb bundles. We talked about um, everything from European to shamanic versions of working with herbs for, for magic to Nothing create positive change. What's, what's smudging? So when you burn a bunch of sage together or other herbs and you, you smudge your warm, house to get the bad spirits out. I would think you would know that, yeah. Mr. Paranormal. Well, I just didn't know that was the term. Yeah. Uh, smudging. And that's one of my favorite smells is, is freshly sage. burned dried Sweet sage. Sweet grass is pretty so amazing good. too. That's awesome. Yeah, there's some good ones. Jen gave me some sage and I have it over my lamp and then when the lamp gets hot, it smells sagey. That's cool. That's, that sounds awesome. Also, don't burn your house down. I won't. It's like okay. sitting up. It's like sitting up above, like thanks, on a lampshade. Because it's in our bedroom, so if the house and the burns from that, like, we'll probably die. And the bulb is like right down here. So, are you? It just gets warm. You said you've been in this for what, like 20, 20 years ish. Yep. Because of everything that's happening, we talked at the beginning about opioids and the crisis and stuff. Are you seeing an influx in people that are more interested in plant medicine? to get away from that? Definitely, definitely. Um, I actually helped five or six years ago uh, formulate a tea that's really big on the market now called Quit Tea, which helps people quit smoking. And you wrote a book? And I wrote a couple books. Um, and there's more coming, hopefully, soon. What are the books called and where can people get them? Uh, they're on Amazon. They're old. It's kind of like it's it's so far removed, you know. Like, yeah, they they're might, still relevant. Like new iterations <laughs> yeah, coming. They, they might be old, but they're still relevant. They're right? good. They still, still, they listen, st people still eat the true. the cheese book. No, they so don't. yes, they don't do. Eat. The, the, where's my cheese? What's that book called? That's old. It's like from the seventies. People still eat it. Yeah. Read it. I mean, <laughs> so I was like, what? They eat the paper. Eating the books. <laughs> Follow the cheese. Where's my cheese? So yeah, stock me on Amazon. They're on there. <laughs> it's Josh That's the a new Herbalist. Type of stocking if you, on if you Amazon, search for yeah. Josh the Herbalist on That's, Amazon, I'm the I'm there. I'm, there are a lot of us, but you'll figure which one I am out. It's not really Josh the Herbalist on Amazon, is it? It's no, Josh it's Williams. Just Josh Williams on Amazon. <laughs> um, so Quitty, uh, speaking of catnip and some of these other herbs, uh, nepotine, one of the active compounds in catnip is incredibly close to nicotine. So we work with that herb to help fill those receptors when people are quitting smoking. It doesn't do the work for you. You still have to go through the process. It's a transformation process of quit, but it does make it a hell of a lot easier and increases success rate and it gives you something to do and get you into the process of quitting. I uh, quit. I had a two pack a day habit until 2011, which people are just like tripped out about about me. 
but I loved smoking. I still do. Some part of me is like, you know, yep. I love to smoke. I would smoke every day if I didn't like the hate the taste of cigarettes. So they're, they're, they just don't taste good now. To speak directly to the opioid situation, um, yes, people are reaching out. There are actually people right now who are working with very specific styles of herbalism and acupuncture and body work. You know, and again, it doesn't make it effortless. Like you still have to go through the process, but it, it makes it so much better. And you're not just trading in one addiction for something else, which is how we're treating it right now, which is why there's a problem. Mm. So near and dear. And I love talking about that. And I hope that we're going to have some some resources here in Salt Lake soon that, that I'm trying to, to pull out. There's some people doing really cool stuff with that. And I know we need it here. So we're, we're trying to get it here. Do you get involved up on Capitol Hill? Do you have to lobby for anything? I don't, and it's something that I want to do. I think once the shop is open and we have a little bit more of a physical presence in the community, um, a home base, I, that's something that I really want to be involved in. Um, it, for nothing else, just protecting land where people have been cultivating and growing medicinal herbs since forever, where families from indigenous traditions have been revisiting seasonally for longer than they can remember to harvest, you know, OSHA or golden seal. And now they're not there anymore. And that to me is just devastating. So yeah, that's crazy. That's one thing I could spend all day talking about. Um, and, and something I want to be more involved in and I'm sure other things will come up, you know, as, as we put ourselves out there more and see what, what gets weird response from the man. <laughs> what's your what's your open date or your estimated open date we're hoping to so snowbrush herb festival is june 23rd which is a saturday we're hoping to open the following saturday that's Excellent. the plan and it seems far off but it doesn't to me with all the stuff going on like i was recounting the the rest like my schedule for this summer and all of a sudden i was like into september and went yeah jess is like i already wasted my summer what the heck jess is like okay i'm trying to fill up the schedule for the summer because we're that far out like what days are going to be difficult for you guys and i'm like uh, it's pretty much okay, except for from this week to this week and this week and we this week. We have a week. daughter graduating from high school and then another daughter that came home from college this morning. Um, and just, just trying to get them both ready to, to head back to college already. I mean, I, you already have to think about all that stuff. It's just blown our whole <laughs> summer already. It's crazy. It went by fast. But no, it, it feels... far. But I look at the task list ahead and I'm like, oh my God, we don't have enough time. Yeah. How are we yeah, going to exactly. do this? So, Where's your current location? Do you have a current location? No. So my current this location is here. Your living, living room. <laughs> yeah. My it, current location is wherever somebody lets me come hang out and talk about herbs. But 362 uh, East. 362 East 900, 900 South. At in the Time place. and Place building. It's the cutest little house and on you, the south side of the street. Sure, so you can you buy your plants and then in a couple months you can go get a lobster roll next door. Oh, that's right. Those guys are opening. And there's a beautiful little area out front. And then you, you can, can go visit James. And, yeah. And it's, it is an absolutely... That's our second studio, James, is what she's talking about. Stunning, beautiful location. And it's, it, it's a botanical boutique. And you can always meet... Like we just met... Uh, Derek, Derek Kitchen, Floyd? Derek Kitchen, yeah. someone, and, and his and, he, and <laughs> his dog. I wanted to say Derek someone. Williams, but no. yeah, Derek <laughs> Kitchen. We just met, uh, met Derek Kitchen. He walked. He wandered in here. His shop's not even open yet. We're just stealing. He's your running space, for so. the Utah Senate. 
Is he running in uh, um, he's running, spot? Yeah, he's running for Debacus' seat. So, so uh, yeah, so, and there's always there's always lots of people around here. Yep. So this, this is a, a pretty hip, a pretty hip place to hang out. If you hang out long enough, you'll you'll meet somebody pretty cool. Yeah, and you might actually end up renting like the basement of Melinda's place. If you yeah, that could happen. Or something that could happen. I think she said she has a tenant. Yeah, she is, has a potential tenant. Did you say tenant. for your basement that you? Um, yeah, I'm talking to <laughs> Yep, she's yes. a, she's okay. in talk. So, so you could I... come here and you could visit Melinda and her plants, and you could visit Josh and his herbs and the the mysterious basement person in the basement. You could have some herbal tea, plant, pet an air plant, um, look at a carnivorous plant. I'll play with the sponges. They're, so they're, they're moss, moss, they're moss, moss balls. balls. Sponges. Balls. Things. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy likes to come I, to time and place to play with Melinda's balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got out of that. I do too, don't worry. Her spongy balls. What kind of advice, because you were talking about you had a class for Utah herbs, do you have for people that want to grow? Because we have a very specific climate, yeah. weird soil on most occasions. Well... Uh, you know, grow what'll grow. And I also like the idea of if you have plants that you're particularly close to, we call them, you know, plant allies. Some people have an herb that has just been there for them through an illness or that's gotten them out of some tough spots. I think a lot of people in plant medicine have those. Try to grow them. I've tried to grow ashwagandha a bunch of times and it's never worked, but I've tried. And, you know, uh, holy basil, another one of my favorite herbs, does really well here, surprisingly. So she doesn't want to be outside, but as an indoor plant, um, does really well. So that's one angle is, is try to grow what you want to grow. And sometimes you can make adjustments to your indoor space to make it work. Um, or they can, you know, be outdoor, indoor plants. And otherwise, have fun looking at what does well on its own. There's this fantastic book by a old school herbalist named Michael Moore. Not Paul, the not, not the documentary. Not that, bro. <laughs> the, not his, that, Josh's bro. face. I wish you could have just seen it. <laughs> yeah. he, he knew that question was coming. Yeah, I had the eye roll all wound up for him. <laughs> He's like, as soon as I say the name Michael Moore, oh, the yeah. eyes are already rolling back. Uh, so Michael Moore wrote a book called Medicinal Plants of the Southwest. And most of that book covers Utah. So he, oh. he has one for all the regions of, of America. And he talks about identification and habitat and harvesting and you can really follow that pretty well in the valley as far as what will just do well here so i can't recommend that book highly enough it's it's an easy read it's a little big to like take in a day pack which i've kind of been bummed about if you if you go hiking i've uh, so many times i've wished i've had it but it's it's like serious download it onto one of your devices maybe I, or is it that I've old? heard somebody say, no, you can get it, but I've heard somebody say that the indexing is wonky, so oh. the pictures and the maps don't, don't it just, it's not, yeah. you know, um, but you know, if you're working you're like on like a your, little rolly cart going on your <laughs> hike. Or if you're working on your glute game, like throw it in your backpack and add a few pounds to, to your lift and you'll be <laughs> all right. So do you do a lot of uh, foraging? I do. I, I love to go find plants. Uh, I pulled some mullen, first year mullen out of City Creek Canyon last week and brought it down to a class and we made tea out of it, which was pretty fun. If I find it, I, I'll take it. Um, if I need it, you know, there, there are rules to these things, but generally, um, I love to find stuff. 
There's not a lot to find. Where, do you have specific places you go, or is it more just I'm out and about and, hey, look? Both. There's, you know, I know where there are some beautiful hawthorn tree stands that I revisit every year to cultivate hawthorn berries. I know where mullein grows and um, other stuff. You know, you just kind of find it when you find it. So uh, you're from Utah. You live here by choice, I assume, as, a, as an adult human. Yes. Um, <laughs> you have options, obviously. I do. And other places. Um, we always we ask all our guests this. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state that they should do before they leave? <laughs> He's got his thinking face. There's on. so much. Like there's there was no so eye roll much on that one. No, it was a glowing face though. He was really excited. Yeah, there's more. It's not for lack of ideas. It's for like trying to find one. Uh, I think Salt Lake is fantastic, and I wouldn't live anywhere else. I think the play, This is such a cool city, and uh, without pointing fingers, I honestly love living somewhere where there's still a reason to stick up for yourself. There are so many yeah. cities where you can live where it's just easy. You know, there's not a lot of things. And Salt Lake still has a fight to fight uh, for for people of color, for women, for queer people, for disabled people. And as much as I want it to be better, I love living somewhere where I get to see people kick ass all the time and like make change and see what we're capable of. So when people come here, I say, look, there's a surface read to Salt Lake City. Ignore that and dig in. Go to the places where that aren't on your Temple Historic District tour map. Like, go other places. So, what's, to, what's one of those places? Uh, go to Metro Music Hall and see the bands that come to Salt Lake City. Like the, Front Two Four Two. Yes, that was so good. Cow. Let me talk about what the other thing. <laughs> the other thing about me that people are oftentimes shocked about, besides that I don't smoke pot, is I'm a huge metalhead. So I go to so many shows. Uh, my voice is a little raw today, actually, from some shows. So, um, yeah, we have a fantastic music scene here. Bands love to come to Salt Lake. And when, when you have bands that are not top 40 that come back over and over again because they love how they're treated in a city, that says something about a city. It says something about the people and how much they respect the artistry and the dedication of musicians. Um, we have some politicians here that are just amazing and kick-ass and and nature man like you can seriously drive 10 minutes out of downtown and be in a desert or in a canyon or at a lake like that's, that's awesome that's such an awesome that thing. is so awesome so how can people get a hold of you if they want to go to one of your classes or interact with you um i'm pretty active on the instagram uh, so that's at herbalist Josh and I post invites and things to all the, the I'm going to say you need to change that to Josh, the herbalist. Josh the herbalist. I'll make a backup account. <laughs> that's, that's Jess's <laughs> thing. Uh, and then online, if you go to my website, which is herbalistjosh.com, I'll also work on that. Uh, there's an events page. There's also a contact form. You can get on my email list and I'll spam you with email, in, in, event invites and then green thread, uh, will be greenthreadherbs.com and on Instagram at greenthreadherbs. And we'll soon we'll be posting pictures of our build out and our progress and you get to see all the cool stuff happening. And we'll do some like invite only soft open days where you can come in and everything will be 10% off and we'll only have like half the store finished, but nice. you'll come in and we help us work out how the flow is going to go. So um, it's going to be like Melinda space. It's going to be community space. Good. Yeah. So I love this space. It's come, in for, come in for free tea. We'll feed you tea and talk your ear off and, there talk we go. can talk about our feelings it'll be awesome <laughs> thanks so much for joining us my pleasure guys thank you so much for having me appreciate it 
All right. So, you know, it's our 104th episode. Um, it's two years, which is Bree's more important milestone. That's right. Um, I don't agree, but it's two years. Two years is a long time for us to do the same podcast. Um, and I think we... <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the round of applause. I, I think that we've been very consistent for one. Every week, we haven't skipped a week. We haven't played the rerun, um, best of the rerun, the best of. Like, I think that's that's a big accomplishment. There's a lot of shows that have been around four or five hundred episodes that are playing a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, and when it's a podcast, you don't really need to do that because you can just go back and get the episode. Right. Yeah, it's like I was saying way back on our hundredth episode. That's why a hundred is important. To me way back, <laughs> <laughs> way back four weeks ago. I mean, that's a month. Come on, guys, that's a month ago. Um, so anyway. True. One of the things that I thought we would do for this episode, instead of just the typical new stuff that we do, is talk about Utah stereotypes, because there's a lot of them. Um, and so I, I, I printed up for you guys um, three or four different lists. Uh, it's just the loose stuff, Jeremy. Um, so three or four different lists of, of things that are, are stereotypes or questions we get uh, as, as Utahns that, that leave the state or things about Utah that people think. And I thought we could talk about some of those. So the, the first one that you'll see is a bunch of questions. And, and being someone that travels a lot for work uh, or used <laughs> to travel even more than I do now and talks to a lot of out-of-state people, I get a lot of these damn questions. So the first one out of the gate is, are you Mormon? And nope. That is probably the first question I am asked when I tell people I'm from Utah. Like, I feel like the polygamist question was more prevalent when I lived back east than are you Mormon? Yeah. They I go hand in that. hand, though. I could see that, especially for a woman uh, getting asked if, if you have sister wives. Which like num- I said, I never thought of it that way. Which number of which number wife are you, Jessica? Are you wife number one? Well, the other thing is, you know, from a guy, how many wives do you have? And they say it in jest um, because that's what people think of when they think of Utah, when they think of Mormons is multiple wives. That's not the way Mormons operate anymore. So, so kind of funny. So I grew up in Iowa and I remember the brief time in school where we did U.S. history. And you touch briefly on each state and talk a little bit. That's like what they bring up. Utah was founded by Mormons and they had plural wives. That's your two and a half minutes of Utah history outside of Utah. So one thing to keep in mind is 40% of Utahns are not Mormons. That's a big chunk. Like, look, look, half the state is, right? And clearly the LDS church is a big controller of uh, a lot of law. Um, a lot of the way the community works. A lot of the way the districting works so that they can stay in power and influential. Yeah, but that's not so much the religion as the political party. So Right, but if you think about it, the political party and the religion tend to be still one and the same. If in you the look st- at what our in legislature's the state of Utah. made of. Yes. In the state of Utah. Well, um, what we're talking about is Utah. Um, one thing that I, I would say, though, about Mormonism in Utah, it is a two-way street. So yes, it, it does create some of these stereotypes, the, the polygamist question, the are you Mormon question. But um, it also provides a, a unique social um, economic, socioeconomic uh, piece that a lot of states don't have. So when you go to a place like, say, Texas or Indiana, you know, the, the government there puts on a lot of the burden for under-income, underprivileged, poor folk, um, even illegal aliens and things like that. In the state of Utah, a huge chunk of that burden is met by the LDS church. 
It's true. They take care of their members quite well, and they are active in the community and take care of community members. They do a lot of outreaching social work, um, and that's just not something you see in a whole lot of communities outside of the state of Utah because there isn't such a big, you know, overarching religious presence from one particular religion in most places. You know, it's it's split across a whole bunch of different sects of Christianity or, you know, there's, there's you know, big Jewish communities which probably have that, but that's not the norm. Uh, and in Utah, that's a big thing, right? So the, the church does take care of a lot. And it's one of the way, one of the reasons Utah has been able to be, in my opinion, um, such economic bastards uh, right. in terms of social programs. Where we didn't quite fall so much we during the... We didn't quite grow as big, but we didn't quite fall as hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now we're growing really big, but there is some social safety net that's out there. So when families struggle to pay their rent or their mortgage rather than become homeless, the church actually will pay that stuff for them for a long time if they're members. Uh, so there's, there's some, some definite pluses there. Um, but some of the other stuff that's on here comes straight out of Mormonism. So Mormons aren't supposed to eat chocolate. It has caffeine. So that's a common misconception about Mormonism. It has nothing to do with caffeine so much as hot beverages. Hot, but they can have hot chocolate beverages. like I'm drinking right now. Yeah, well, so hot chocolate's always a always a questionable thing there. And the, the running joke in Utah is, well, Mormons couldn't drink Coke until they bought stock in Coke. Well, that or it just it just depends on the temperature of your caffeine. Yeah. yeah. So it is a hot, strong drink thing. <laughs> it is something that is at the highest levels probably preached a little bit, but in practice is not the case. Like Mormons love their caffeine. Mormons love but their But they don't they drink it Mountain in the Dew. form of tea or coffee. No, they don't drink tea or coffee. That is, that is true. It is a uh, coffee is not a thing that is... Okay, so when you go back east, and Jess, you experienced this, I'm sure, in, in New Jersey and New York. Um, every time I go anywhere outside of the state of Utah, coffee is it. Like, there are lines in Dunkin' Donuts back east because Starbucks sucks. Uh, but there are lines for Dunkin' Donuts every morning, and it's not to get a donut. It's to get coffee. Right. That doesn't happen in Utah. You have more selection outside of Utah. Yeah, I mean, we have coffee shops, sure, but... Um, it's not like you go into an office and everyone doesn't have coffee on their desk here like they do elsewhere. So that's that's a that's definitely a thing. There's definitely more mom and pop everywhere else than here, but we're seeing a little bit of an influx with like some coffee trucks like Buzzed and and the Marmalade one. So hopefully they'll start introducing more into the community. So uh, some of these are dumb, and I'm not going to read them all, but the Jello one. Like <laughs> some of the, let's talk about some of the food stuff from Utah. So first off, Mormons, generally speaking, are terrible cooks in my experience. I don't know that they're terrible cooks, um, but they tend to be, they're cooking for large families a lot of times. And when you do that, you tend to do... You cut corners and you cre- you become creative with your well, and kids get picky, and so you're trying to cook for you know your two year old and your ten year old and but your. But that's 15-year-old. not just here. Kids are picky everywhere. Yeah, no, but, but when you're cooking for ten of them, because Utahns do have large families, that is a stereotype that has some base in reality. I think that's in one of these lists. And when you you don't have two working parents, you're trying to do it on a budget. You're meeting a budget. I tend to think that there's just a lot of you know ease of of mollifying everyone and and stuff i don't know that they're necessarily bad cooks because like jeremy's wife heather is probably one of the best cooks i know and but my mom was not but but yeah (laughs) but jeremy's mom was not i mean it's it's a it's just like it is everywhere else 
So, but there's there's some things that are particular to Utah. So, Jello is always thought of as a thing for Utah. Well, that's because, for real, for true, for honest, green Jello was only ever produced in Utah. Really? Yeah. They only made it for real for Utah. For whatever yeah. reason, yeah, green Jello. Maybe maybe now, but it's, it's, it's not the case anymore. And yes, they used to put carrots in Jello salad. Like the Jello salad thing hit Utah hard. It was a big dish for. Um, if you, potlucks. If you look in the late 50s, early 60s, Jello was the thing to get the Jello molds, and they put every ungodly thing Cat under food. the sun in it. Cat food. Tuna, <laughs> shrimp, yeah, salmon. Jell-O's, what? Jello's oh, yeah. not that. Yeah. That cookbook I got just for Christmas with all of the dessert ideas. Yeah, and that was a that was a very that was like a thing. for real thing though. Yeah, that's a big thing. <laughs> so, um, Jello is is a big deal nowadays. It's not people aren't eating carrots and their jello but there is still jello at at a lot of functions but there's other food things too so fry sauce is a very uniquely utah thing and i say it's uniquely utah thing in its name only there are other places around the country and around right. the world that do the, the same, same thing. thing it's just ketchup and mayo ketchup and mayo it's not just ketchup it's and not mayo. just ketchup and mayo <laughs> so if you get fry sauce from so in a broad sense fry sauce is ketchup and mayo if you get fry sauce from some of the early fry sauce people like the arctic circle folks it's got uh, pickle juice in it. It's got a little bit of mustard in it. Uh, there's a flavor profile. Some, there. some, some barbecue, barbecue sauce. Yeah, some have barbecue the, sauce. The better fry sauces are barbecue and mayo because they have that smoky barbecue type flavor added to them. So, but that's a very Utah thing, and a whole bunch of Utahns got pissed off when Heinz announced they were going to do uh, mayo chup, I think is what they called it. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Some dude's fry sauce is way better than that shit. I guarantee it. So, and you can buy fry sauce in grocery stores here, or you could just make it. And that's not something you can do in a lot of places. Uh, and 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 truthfully, if you go to New Jersey and you order a burger and fries, um, just ask for a side of mayo. You ask for fry sauce, and they're going to be like, "What the fuck is that?" They have no idea what you're asking. Other for. places just eat straight mayo and just dip their fries in straight mayo. That is a thing. That is definitely a thing. I've made it at restaurants before, though, because you can just ask for the components. So. Uh, how about uh, funeral potatoes? Another bad is another thing. Utah thing. I actually love funeral potatoes. They're really good, but that that not all recipes are you know equal. But for the most part, have you had the ones tater tots? No. <laughs> so the thing about funeral like potatoes, real, like yeah, like somebody like a actually bag spent of frozen time. tater tots. So the thing about fu- fu- funeral potatoes is they are a way to stretch your money. So they were they are they're called funeral potatoes because every funeral. In Utah, I shouldn't say every funeral. In traditional Utah. Mormon. The traditional Mormon funeral is a giant potluck, and yeah, the whole like hundreds of people show up, and then in the <clears throat> back of the church after the funeral, they do a lunch or a dinner, and everybody brings stuff in. Well, funeral. just so you know, Catholics do that too. True, but not everyone does, and because Utah is over sixty percent Mormon. But normally for Catholics, it's the family that brings the food. Yeah, in 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 Utah, and, and in, in the Mormon one. church, when you have. A funeral, a death, the, the Relief release. Society takes over and they do all that planning for you. There's not a lot of work, which I think if I'm if I'm really talking about like what a church should do for people in grieving, like that's a pretty fucking amazing I, thing. I, that yeah, they do. it's great because when you're grieving, it's, I don't know, but some people cook, it's having cooking to, is therapy or. But having to plan a funeral and having to figure out, you know, space and figure out the food and the reception and. That's a that's a lot of stress when you're dealing with the fact that your mom just died or your brother died. Well, it's or, usually not like 
that immediate. It's usually cousins and stuff like that. But, but anyway. it doesn't matter who it is. If we're having to plan that One thing that the LDS church does very well. And in fact, their chapels are made with the double doors on the side specifically for funerals. Mm-hmm. To, get to be able to get the, the caskets, caskets in and, in and out, out easily. Like, so they're designed specifically So they don't have to that. tip it up on its side and dump the body out. <laughs> so, but the reason I say funeral potatoes are uh, born of that is they're cheap. So it is a casserole. So you're talking about, it's like what, cream of mushroom? Or cream of mushroom soup, soup, some potatoes of some sort, shredded tater tots. The better ones are, are sh- an actual potato. Or the good ones are and cheese. Yeah. Cubed, Cubed potatoes. potatoes. Typically, uh, so well, sometimes a vegetable of some sort, beans is a big one. Not, not often, though. And then, yeah, the cream of mushroom like soup. onions. Corn, like cornflakes on top. Like, it's a, it's a freaking crazy casserole, so... It's a very Mormon thing. Um, corn, corn yeah, the cornflakes, the, the, what are those onions? The, the Durkies French fry onions? Yeah, French those are, onions. Those are fucking good. I'll eat those just out of the can. And then sometimes the, what are those little Asian noodles, the, the hard, crunchy chow mein noodles? Chow mein noodles. I've seen that too. At least you said Asian and not Oriental, Jeremy. <laughs> those are only for rugs and bases. What are those little Asian noodles? Anyway. Um, okay, so some other Utah stuff um, that I, I picked out on here. Okay, so. Uh, Everyone assumes if you're from Utah, you ski. Yeah. And honestly, you probably, if you live in Utah and you've never skied or snowboarded, you really ought to figure it out and and try it. Because we have a saying, it's on our license plates, Utah is the greatest snow on earth. When we have snow. We have guests that have said their one thing is to go ski. There's a reason for that. We do have the greatest snow on earth. And and the reason we say that is the type of snow that's produced here. So we are a desert. We live in a desert, and it's a high desert, and it, the way our geography and our topology is, we get a lot of snow in our mountain ranges. So we're talking 200-plus inches of snow most years. Some years, as like this last year, that's an exception. Mm-hmm. Um, but most years, we get that kind of snow, and we have a long ski season. And our snow, because of the way our climate is, is very dry, flaky, fluffy, flaky stuff. So if you ski back east, it's wet. It's frozen. It turns into ice really quick. But here, it's not uncommon after a snowstorm to have a foot and a half of fresh powder, meaning really fluffy, soft snow that you get to ski on. And it's freaking amazing. Uh, So you get asked a lot if you ski. Uh, I I did anyway um, when I was out there. Well, especially since we had the Olympics. I realized that was a while ago, but that definitely... Oh, yeah. People saw, oh, they ski in Utah. Everyone loved it, but we, those were almost delayed because of that year. <laughs> the snow came pretty late. Um, what else What else is big stuff in Utah, guys? What are some of these off of here that you guys like? There's more than one page, Brie. There's I like know. five of them. <laughs> um, so how many kids do you have? Utah is, is, a, is a big family. That's a big state. question. Um, I like the liquor laws. I was at dinner on Friday night at... Uh, Paranoi and the table next to us was asking about wine and why they could have more in their class. Yeah, liquor laws. Are, <laughs> and Harriet Winston and I just looked at each other and laughed. It was funny. Well, liquor liquor laws are, are a real thing. The uh, year's worth of food stored. Yeah, that's what I was just. Looking so that's at, a sorry. that's a real thing. But what what that comes from is during World War II, uh, the church was really big on being self sufficient, as was most of the country. Uh, but that's where it really began is the push for to having a year's worth of food. And the whole idea was it was World War II. Things were rationed. That's where it began. It got a big push after World War II and into the 70s. 
And I, it's still talked about, but it's not like it used to be. Well, and there's a lot of leftover, just like anything else, there are a lot of leftover things um, in the in the Mormon culture. Like, um, it, you know, if you're outside of Utah, you don't realize this, but, but Mormons, when they go to church on Sunday, it's like, a th- you know, a three to four hour thing because they go for different classes and stuff and, and then they have their regular church service. Um one of the main reasons that it was set up like that was during this rationing time, it was too expensive to heat up the church, light the church all during the week to do those things. And so they combined it into one day. The only problem is they left it that way. And then they started doing all the extracurricular stuff in addition to that. So if you're LDS, you could spend almost every single day at your ward house. I, I actually feel really bad for the bishops because Mormons are really big on not working on Sunday, um, not not patronizing businesses that are open on Sundays because you're making someone else work. But their church leadership can work from from dawn to dusk on a Sunday and, and be totally and completely away from their families all Sunday when they're so big on this family thing in, in being so busy. And then they're also taking time out during the week to, to be at different events for different things. Um, I, I have a really big problem. That's my biggest problem, I think, with, is that they're so, they're supposedly so family oriented that they really do rely on a lot of their lay leadership to pull people, and it pulls people away from their families a lot. I think that that's kind of sad. Uh, back to the liquor laws real quick, because I don't want to gloss over it. That is a very, <laughs> it, they are quite unique, and it's one of the challenges when people come here. They do. They go to restaurants and they don't understand why they can't order a drink before food, why they have to show their ID when they look like they're 70, you know, why our drinks are, they can't order a, a glass of wine and a cocktail at the same time, that they have to finish their cocktail before they can set the glass of wine down that they're going to have with dinner, why they can't just go have a cocktail while they're waiting for a table. Like those are things that you do in other grown up states like California and back East and in the state of Utah, you can't do. And so when people come here and they're faced with those things, it is a little weird for them and they don't quite understand why. I Um, I, want to pose a question that we've, and it's just a thought question. We don't need to have a big long discussion because it could be, but I've been seeing a lot of billboards and there's a lot of stuff going around about, um, you know, don't let your kids drink underage. Drinking is so bad for the brain. But in Europe, kids are drinking all the time. And I don't mean like they're getting drunk, but like you can... You have a glass of wine when you're 14 with dinner. You know, you sit down at a restaurant and if there's a parent with you, you're allowed to let your child have a glass of wine with dinner or something like that. And it's not like all of the Europeans are all brain damaged. They're just <laughs> fine. Um, well, I obviously, not, you met a French person? <laughs> obviously, excessive drinking is not good for anyone and a developing brain it's not good for either. But it goes along those lines of if you're constantly forbidding your children from doing something, it, it really, there are a lot of kids who it entices them to go out and try and, and as soon as they can, they do it in excess. And then that's when you end up with kids who don't know how to responsibly drink. That's a national thing, not a Utah thing. I know, but it's just something we've discussed. And it seems like it's pretty, a lot bigger here because it is such a a faux pas to drink. Um, 
So some other cool stuff about stereotypes. Humidity. Um, That's probably one of my most favorite on this. <laughs> it's a dry heat, Jessica. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. But Do you hear that all the time, though? No, that's what I explain to people. Living back east, you're experiencing humidity. When you tell them you're from Utah, they want to know the difference. So my difference was you can stand under a tree here and cool off with a breeze versus being back there and you're just wanting yeah. to take all your clothes yeah. off. When you take a shower here at 120 degrees, you get out and you're cool. You feel good. When you take a shower at 80 degrees back east, you get out and you feel like you didn't so, take a shower. When we, you're in, still in the shower. So when we moved here, I had never seen a swamp cooler in my life. Yeah. Because a swamp cooler in Iowa does nothing. Exactly. All you would do is push more wet through your house. And that, that is a thing. Like, there are a lot of swamp coolers in Utah. A lot of a houses, lot. that's all they use. And they're good until about August for us when we have monsoons and we start getting a little bit of humidity. But even then, the days that we have humidity versus not are, are And watering your yard. So back east, you know, eh, once every other week, you might throw the hose on, but that was it. And here they water, you see people water every day. So that was weird. Yeah. Well, and that's because we live in a desert. Honestly, we shouldn't have yards like we do in the state of Utah. We have water issues. It is a desert. It's a high desert. But because we're up in the mountains, people just forget that, you know, we have the same sort of climate as Las Vegas in terms of being a desert. We're just higher up in elevation. So That's really snow. the difference. Right. Yeah, so we get snow in the mountains. It's a little bit cooler. Um, and and that is that's something else that people think like that we have snow in the valley like all the time. We really don't. Most winters in the valley of Salt Lake, at least Salt Lake Valley, yes, we get snow and snow hits the roads, but it usually doesn't stick around for an incredibly long amount Maybe of time. Maybe three months out of the year in the valley, do we have snow? Yeah, like, that actually stays. accumulates on the ground. Yeah, so that 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 is something that I think people maybe have a misconception of, um, but. You know, all of these lists, it's interesting, all of these lists talk about the breathtaking outdoors and beauty of Utah. And I know we talk about it a lot, but... Well, it's like when, I mean, we just went down to Cedar yesterday and came back and, and we're coming up over a hill and so you can't see the city yet. It, all you could see was, you know, the tops of the mountains where it's snowy, but, you know, it's 75 degrees as we're driving and I'm just, I just turned to Chris and I just said... I love this time of year when I can look up into our mountains and I can see a snow-capped mountain and, and have my arm out the window and, and there's a field of something beautiful and green growing. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of places in the world. Two months from now, the mountains will be scorched and brown. Yeah, and probably on fire. But <laughs> but it's it's beautiful <laughs> right now. expecting a bad fire it's, season it's this a, year. It's yeah. amazing. Well, because we didn't get very much moisture. But it's it's amazing right now, and it's it beautiful is. and breathtaking. This is one of my favorite times of year right now. Well, and we talk about, we talk about uh, Utah being a desert, and one of the things you'll hear even uh, Josh the Herbalist say when we interview him is, it's great because in Salt Lake City, I mean, we are 10 to 15 minutes away from a desert, from a forest, from a lake, from the mountaintops. Like, we're really close to everything. When I say we're a desert, we have sand dunes. Mm -hmm. we're, we're 20 minutes away from being able to go out and ride ATVs. Well, on you see people hauling them all the time. Like, Moab, Utah is some of the best you know, rock crawling well, I, type of I stuff. I think it's on like, here. Old Western. So many have been filmed in Utah for a People reason. harvest uh, tumbleweeds here. It's so, so dumb. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know. 
I the other day it was really windy and we were driving past somebody's house and I was like, oh, oh look at all those tumbleweeds like over there. Like, tumbleweeds I'm like, it yard. looks like they probably have about $400 worth of tumbleweeds in their yard. <laughs> they had that one house that they had to call the, the who was it who came, the, the fire trucks came or something? Because there was so many piled up against their house. It was like 10 feet deep. That they like, couldn't get out. out. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but we do, we have such, such beautiful area. One of the things that that beautiful area does to people that aren't familiar with the state is they go, oh, well, um, you guys just, it's got to be beautiful all the time. And the air must be so fresh and clean, especially coming out of a place like LA or New York where they have, or Newark, New Jersey, where it smells like dog shit everywhere. Um, <laughs> it smells so bad in Newark. Um, but, but we have some of the worst air in the country. Yeah. So that is a, that's a misconceived stereotype. We get really bad air quality in the summer and in the middle of the winter. Um, like right now it's fine. The air's fairly decent. But uh, I don't know. Did you guys see the EPA came out with the uh, the scathing report and told Utah we have three years to figure it out? Mm-mm. They say that we're that we're well on our way, but yeah, we we're producing what's the the uh, gas? ozone? Uh, yeah, we're, we're producing really bad levels of ozone still. Um, and they have censured the state of Utah. We have three years to fix the problem before they they start finding they us. start. And this is this is the toned down EPA with the Trump administration. And this was a pretty we're still damning in report. Trouble. It was a pretty damning report that came out of it. And they're they're saying, look, cars are part of it, but cars don't explain the kinds of pollution levels that we're getting in places like Uinta County. What explains that? This is what the EPA said. What explains the Uinta County stuff is some of the gas refineries that are out in Uinta County. I was going to say, plus we're still a coal. Yeah, we're a coal burning state. Power source is still coal, so we're which still is ridiculous coal. because we could be a solar state. Well, we could easily be a wind state. Oh, yeah. Or a combination. Yeah. Not only that, but it, I mean, it's like our neighbors, and we've talked about it a million times in our basement. Come on, guys. You don't need to have... You don't need to be burning your garbage in your fireplace. All you don't need time. to have a fire all the time. Like, everybody has your furnace. Use your furnace. I know that it's, you know, some ambiance and maybe like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or something. how can have ambiance with that smell that they produce? Oh, my God. I don't know. But... Uh, I know if we can it's smell tem- that bad at your house, imagine what the inside of their house smells I know it's like. tempting, but but come on, guys. Like, let's let's fix this because we're giving our kids asthma. We're giving our kids COPD just from going outside and playing at recess. Hey, one of the things on here, uh, speaking of the great outdoors of Utah, that we don't really ever talk about is our slot canyons. So we've talked about the arches, you know, Delicate Arch. We've talked about Zion National Park and how beautiful those areas are. But we have slot canyons. And a a lot of people, when they think about Utah, think about 127 hours. You know, the movie where the guy cuts off his arm because he got (laughs) got it stuck, got stuck in a canyon in a slot. Um, But we do have really cool slot canyons. Um, Bryce Canyon is beautiful. And if you don't know what a slot canyon is... Basically, you need to look at pictures, too. Yeah, I mean, pictures really, really will identify a slot canyon. But basically, uh, the best way to describe it is uh, you are in a canyon. You know what a canyon is, giant walls on both sides. Um, but you are, you know, 20 feet from one wall, 20 feet from another wall, and you look up, and they go up 1,000 feet. Or it's not even that far sometimes. Yeah, like I mean, sometimes, literally, sometimes. The, the, yeah, the slot canyon got a lot of is, sandstone, and what's happened is over centuries, the sandstone wears away and creates... Tunnels, tunnels basically within, that people within the hike in. Yeah. Well, and they're super dangerous uh, during flood seasons because they, they fill up quite quickly and you'll have a flash flood and then you're stuck in that slot and, and you can't get out because the walls are sheer and yeah. so they, they have lots of warnings. Around Every year time. we lose a scout troop or two. 
That's all right. We can we can afford to lose the kids. It's fine. That's why the Mormon Church pulled out of the Scouts. I think they're tired. Of <laughs> they're losing kids. too many troops. Losing too many kids to the slot canyon. Summertime. <laughs> um, we do have a lot of so so. I like the hold on. I want to. I, I like the Utahns don't curse. They improvise. Oh, that's true. And I've said this a million times. If you mean fuck and you say fetch. It's still a swear. Well, you're going to get into heaven off a of technicality. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like, still a swear. We talk about this, so I swear a lot. But So Utahns are the kings of saying things like, shut the front door. Like, just, just in the middle of it, catching themselves and switching. You know? It's the, the, the common, like, um, Christmas story when he goes, oh, fudge. <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. I said the mother of all the words. big one. The big one. And then he's, like, sitting there with a bar of soap in his mouth. But I mean, come on, people. They really are just just words, and and it's not true that if you swear, you know, you're you're not as smart or your vocabulary isn't as big, because they are just additional words in in a language, um, and and not everything means the same thing everywhere. So you should, you know, you have to be careful with hand gestures and different things in different different parts of the world. So I just I I do I think it's funny when you hear people use the slangs because you you mean what this the person who's actually saying the word means you're saying it for the same reasons you're frustrated or you're excited or something um so in my opinion it's the same as a swear uh wildlife so i don't know we don't talk about it a lot because we are in a desert and we have desert style wildlife so we do have stuff up in the mountains and the forests and stuff where you'll see moose and deer wow. and, we, have, um, uh, we have a lot of cougars a lot of mountain lions live in the state of utah um, we got the black widows. We had some around my city the last couple of weeks, couple mm-hmm. mountain lions. Because you live out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> black widows. We do have a few yeah. poisonous. We have some poisonous rattles and, and rattlesnakes and stuff like that. One of the things that we have a plenty in Utah, which I don't know that people think about when they think about Utah, but but pot I guts. certainly do. Um, no, <laughs> yes, not, we have a lot of those. <laughs> not pot gets up at the resorts. I'm actually talking about wild horses. We have a large, oh, yeah. a really large wild horse population. You see, two hundred were just killed down, down on the reservation. Navajo reservation. Um, that's so horrible. yeah, that sucked. It sucked, but it, apparently it happens every year, just not at that level. But because it's been such a, a dry year for the southwestern U.S. Um, down in Arizona, there were a bunch of there was a whole herd of wild horses, like two hundred, uh, on a Navajo reservation that. Um, found a pond and all ended up getting stuck in the mud oh. and dying. So that's what happened to the dinosaurs. It happens. Yeah. It was like a tar pit form. <laughs> the tar pit caught a few dinos. It wasn't I, actually tar. It was mud. I like this one. It says, uh, Utah natives have nieces and nephews by the time they turn five. That's, that's in it. some cases. That's true. That's kind yeah. I think story. that's probably less prevalent now than it was maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Probably. Um, but that's because people aren't having, I, I think, look, Utah still have big families. I talk to people that I work with and, and friends that are on like their fifth kid. And I'm like, you know, birth control, like y- you could put a condom on. It does stop pregnancy. Like, no, nah, we're good. I'm. I got my one job working at a call center, making thirty thousand a year. We're on our fifth kid. It's all right. We're we're comfortable. Um, but Utah, Utahns do have big families. But I think now they're not doing the Duggar route where they have you know twenty year old kids <laughs> no. and two year old kids. But they're having them in in a little bit more planned fashion. It seems. I don't. I still know a lot of families though where they've got like 
like maybe a kid graduating from college and a kid starting kindergarten. Yeah, so that's the kind of family where you get nieces and nephews when you're young because a lot of Mormons also have kids really young. Yeah. And so they are... That's still a very prevalent 18 to 20 years old, you still have a lot of people in the state of Utah, primarily Mormons, not always, but primarily, having kids from 18 to 20. And they're married. This isn't like an out-of-wedlock, you know, teenage... No, because you know, they can't, they can't thing. have sex until they get married, babe. Yeah, okay. And then they like it, and so they make babies because they don't equate. Like, I'm married. I don't have to use protection because this is the person I'm going to be with forever. Oh, baby. I don't know <laughs> that it's necessarily that, but it, it really is still uh, part of the culture that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get married and you're supposed to have kids and, and bring them up in the, in the church and teach them about God and bring all those heavenly spirits, you know, down, down to, to live a life. Um, it, it, it is a, it's definitely because of the culture. Well, I think that's, uh, that's probably going to do it for stereotypes unless you guys have any more you want to talk about. There's so many, but I'm, that's good. <laughs> I'm looking at like this. It was a lot, but I think it's fun to talk about them because we don't, we don't always talk about them and, um, they're, for the most part, based in a lot of truth. So uh, that's what stereotypes are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why I'm happy to say women are ter- terrible drivers. It's okay, true. so going to Cedar City and back. I'm going to say this real quick, and then we'll, we'll we'll be done with this. But going to Cedar City and back, talking about generic stereotypes. <laughs> and our women listeners may hate me, but it's true, fuckers. Just 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 hear <laughs> me out. Um, I'd be like, oh, my God, these fucking drivers. So I grew up in Wyoming, and you pass on the left, you get back over to the right. It doesn't matter if the car a mile ahead of you you're gaining on and you're going to pass them. If it's going to take you a couple minutes, you get over. That's just what you do. The left lane is specifically for people to pass. Driving on I-15, it is like idiots most of the time. And I'm driving, and they're like fucking just sitting in the left-hand lane, and then they like everyone is going around them on the right like cutting the cars off to get around them on the right and they're just sitting there and i'm like oh that one's a woman oh it's a woman nope oh, that's a woman always every <laughs> it, single one they tend to be fairly oblivious to the fact that they're like impeding traffic also, as well not just a woman thing a utah driver thing if we're talking yeah. to be honest about stereotypes they were almost all utah plates that did but that. i was and i was also talking i think that a lot of them feel righteous like I am going the speed I'm going limit, the speed and you limit. shouldn't be speeding. And if I stay in this lane, I have every right to be in this lane. But that's not always necessarily. You're impeding the flow of traffic, assholes. <laughs> Just get out of the way. Does it hurt you any? No. So anyway, that's enough on stereotypes. I think that's going to do that for our uh, do, it. do that do it, for do it. our hundred and fourth episode, uh, two year anniversary. I hope you liked it. I hope you like the stereotypes. Um, and thanks to Melinda for letting us record in her shop. No shit. That's Let's, We should awesome. do that again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Melinda is awesome. And she gave us donuts and orange juice and water. Got to listen to her retro records. Yeah. Got some herbal tea. tea Jeremy was, was rocking out to Flock of Seagulls for like two hours. Awesome. It was only like 45 minutes. We played that damn record twice because No, of we played Psychedelic First twice. That's <sighs> true. By the Psychedelic way. First twice. Flock of Seagulls once. Whatever. Whatever. They're not, neither are great albums, if you ask me. <laughs> um, you guys should really go check out that shop. It's freaking amazing. It's so beautiful in there. Um, it's tranquil. Y- you can't, yeah, it, you just feel at peace when you're in there, and you can't go in there and not want to buy everything in it the shop. It doesn't feel like a store. No. And you can, and then when Josh has his cute little apothecary, then you can go and support that too. 
I was telling my coworker about that, and she's so excited. She can't wait. So anyway, uh, yeah, I I think that have a good Memorial Day weekend. Uh, this weekend, we'll be back next. Don't week. drink and drive, idiots. Uh, yeah, please don't do what she said. Um, 105 episodes next week. I'll I'll tell you all about Jess's cake, and I'll be able to tell you if she actually makes cakes or just finds pictures of them on the internet and puts them on Instagram. <laughs> or stops at Harmon's on her way in. Yeah, I. I could definitely tell Harmon's cake <laughs> over. <laughs> they don't use fondant at Harmon's very often. So, I mean, she could be going to a bakery like Schmidt's and picking it up. I, I don't mean, think even Schmidt's does stuff like that. Probably not. How many bakeries? Are there any bakeries that do stuff like that around here in Salt Lake? Yes. Who? Yep. There are. I it's your competition. You should be able to know. It's Come not on. my competition. Snap it off. Snap it off. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Burn it to the ground. Really? That's not your competition? So you made like 500 cakes in the month that you said you were going to take off. How's that feel? <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm already booked for June, so. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, get a hold of Josh the Herbalist. Um, or if you want to get a hold of us, it's... Uh, Josh Williams is also no, Yeah, Josh name. Williams, not Josh the Herbalist. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's already changed his handles. He said he was going to. I could, maybe. He's going to look into it anyway. Um, but thanks again to Josh. You, you can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, if you have an event coming up or anything like that and you want us to, to share it or retweet it, let us know uh, or talk about it. That's how we get some of our events. Um, Fake cakes. What? <laughs> I'm just laughing at fake cakes. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, if it doesn't, know. it could be cardboard underneath it. Um, <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the cake, Jess, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, go to our website, thenewutah.com. Uh, and please, uh, sh- if you've made it this far, you liked it, um, maybe, uh, hopefully. Uh, share share the episode um, leave a comment uh, or a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the fuck you're listening to this at um, maybe by this point we'll be on uh, uh, Spotify I don't know we'll see um, yeah that's it have a good weekend see you folks see you folks